The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Yo, hey there. Welcome to another fun, exciting, action-packed edition of the Very Poorly Made Police Podcast. I'm your host, Lloyd. I hope this podcast finds you well. This episode, we speak to a cop who is a campus cop, which I'm kind of surprised, and I mentioned it on the podcast, that we haven't talked to a campus cop before. And I'm sure campuses throughout the country and different types of campuses are different. So I would be open to speaking to another campus cop in the future, but... Nevertheless, a uh, young guy, funny guy, had some pretty funny stories. He's a good sport, and I think you guys will enjoy the podcast. But before we get into the podcast, you know what we do on Sundays. We give big thanks to OfficerPrivacy.com. They are responsible for your Sunday podcast here. What does Officer Privacy do? Well, they remove your information from these people search sites. Google your name and the city you live in, and you'll be amazed on what kind of stuff comes up. Your information, family members' information, phone numbers, addresses, it's terrifying. As a cop, you value your privacy. You don't want somebody that's had a bad experience. You don't want, you know, God forbid you're involved in one of these crazy uses of force or something that makes the news. You don't want people coming to your house. You don't want that information out there, right? That's why officer privacy is so great. They remove you from these people search sites and give you the peace of mind. I am a paying customer of the premium service. And what that is, is basically their team takes care of all of it. I filled out a simple form, and they take care of the monitoring. They remove you from these people search sites. It's awesome. Now, if you're a do-it-yourself kind of person, you sign up. They give you the tools to take care of it, and you do it yourself. So check them out, officerprivacy.com. I did want to add something cool in here. If you're a part of an organization that does fundraising for law enforcement events, contact Officer Privacy. They are more than happy to provide a privacy package donation for raffles and silent auctions. All you got to do is go to their website and use the contact us form and they will take it from there. So again, officerprivacy.com. Cannot thank them enough. All right. Well, let's get into the podcast without any further ado. Well, a little ado. We're going to play a little bit of music. I don't think we've played Apollo's Army in a little bit. Check those guys out and we'll be right back with my buddy Donnie.
now joining the podcast all the way from Virginia. I have the one, the only, Donnie Walnuts, everybody. How are you, pal? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing this evening? I am uh, fucking freezing my ass off. It's cold. Who would have thunk it in January? But here we are. Oh, yeah, I bet it's cold where you're from. Does it not get cold in Virginia during it do- the winter? It does. Um, Maybe like every other year we'll get snow. And then, of course, we always underprepare because it's usually like warm or it can get really hot over the summer, though. But most of the time it's pretty mild temperatures. So, like, what what temperature is it out there right now? Oh, let's see. Um, I guess is maybe it's like high forties or uh, high thirties, low forties. That's not oh, no. bad. Nah, not compared to uh, like Iowa. You could say, oh, it's uh, fifty degrees out. Oh, you fucker. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's freezing ass outside. It says it's ten degrees, but I think with wind chill, it's got to be below zero. And uh, the basement is usually not chilly, but it's a little chilly down here tonight. But that's okay. You're gonna keep me warm. Absolutely. I'm going to keep you very warm, sir. That's fucking weird. Hey, but before we get into more weirdness, are you having anything to drink tonight? I am. Um, I was actually in Publix and, uh, you know, I wanted to get something a little unique, try something new, look at my local section. And, um, you know, if we're going to keep up with the theme of uh, campus policing, uh, I got a a college-themed beer, actually. What's it called? It's called the Fightin' Hokies. It's a lager. And how is it? Let's find out. It's not bad. Nothing special, but it's not bad. Nothing to write home about? Nah. But, uh, it's, you know, it's nice to try new things, though. They do say variety is the spice of life. Yeah, I try to. I'm not too picky on my beers. I'm more of a bush latte kind of guy. Did you just say bush lattes? Did we just become best friends? Isn't that how you're supposed to pronounce it? Oh, no. it's That's the best way. It's the only what? way. Did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> you want to do karate in the garage? Hell, yeah. <laughs> I think we should put the bunk beds together, have much more room for activities. All right. <laughs> real quick. I got it. Before we get into the campus cop things, which is kind of amazing that I'm this far along in this podcast career and we haven't talked to a campus cop yet, but... What the fuck is a Publix? Is that some East Coast thing? Is it a gas station? What is that? Oh, it's a superstore or a grocery store. It used to be, um, it used to just be in Florida, and they started uh, moving up more towards North. Um, I lived in like Florida for two years as a kid, and um, me and my mom used to love going to Publix. And then uh, once they built one in Virginia, we were pretty hype about it. <laughs> you know, a... you know, you get old and you're boring when grocery stores are really exciting. Yeah, better you get some new furniture, like a new nightstand or something like that. And you're like, oh, that looks so good in my room. It really opens up the room sometimes, you know? It just makes a whole room come together. Yeah, look, one simple painting you put on your wall, man, can change change up the whole vibe. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is really boring. I'm sure people are really enthralled with the weather in the grocery store talk. But So in Colorado, we had Kroger... And it was King Supers out there. And we had Safeways and I guess a few Albertsons maybe. And that was about it besides like Walmart. And then we were starting to get Trader Joe's and stuff. There's a grocery chain out here. Actually, where I live in this part of the world, the only real grocery store besides Walmart is a place called Hy-Vee. 
and there's a few others in the bigger cities, but Hy-Vee is kind of the main one. And I think it's only really like in a small chunk of the Midwest. I assume you've never even heard of a Hy-Vee. Absolutely not. This sounds very interesting, though. Please do tell me more about Hy-Vee. They are fantastic. I love Hy-Vees. They have good meat, good produce section, fucking macaroni salad to die for. Some of them have liquor stores in them. I I like them. I like them better than Kroger, to be honest. But yeah. Yeah, I guess Kroger. it's just a regional test. Yeah, we got Kroger over here too. Um, I don't know if this ever left like the East Coast, but um, have you ever heard of U crops? No. You've never heard of U crops? No. Not even the U crops White House rolls. No. Ah, oh, they are so good, man. Like uh, for like, U crops used to be like this big grocery store on the east coast and then like i think like it turned into giant or something like that or martin's or whatever then martin's went like out of business and then Publix bought them all up so now it's all Publix's, which is awesome i again this is one more thing on my things to do when i go across the country is to go to these random places that people tell me about we should probably get it on track here yeah donnie um, yeah. no go ahead buddy no i was gonna say man you like travel cross country Here's the thing. My kids prevent that. And I'm not saying that to be angry at them, but I, the road, I I feel like the road calls me very frequently. I just want to get in the car and drive places, but then my wife gets mad because I'm gone for a couple days and you know, who's watching the kids, blah, 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 blah. Okay. But someday I want to take a poorly made road trip. I feel you on that one, except the only thing I got to get is someone to watch my cats. But uh, what if I told you, I have been to 45 out of the 50 states in America. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. The last one I visited was Alaska back in May. And uh, man, what an experience. That's kind of, that's one, that's a trip that we want to take with the kids when they're a little older. And we had it kind of plotted out. Ideally, we were going to do it in about five years from now, but then we had another kid and so he would be really little i mean like seven or eight when we were gonna go so it's like that might be a little young and because we wanted to do some you know backpacking and stuff but i don't know we'd probably get eaten by grizzlies anyway we might as well just stay on the fucking ship it's not even the grizzlies you gotta worry about it's the moose i ain't afraid of no moose those things dude those things are like the size of like larger suvs I ain't afraid of an SUV. <laughs> I'm a man. The The whole running joke with me and my group when we went there was literally they were going to fight a moose. Colorado, I, I've seen uh, uh, once a year, some dumb tourist goes up to Rocky Mountain or one of those areas over there and gets trampled by a fucking moose because they're fucking around with it. They got moose in Colorado? They do have moose in Colorado. But are, are they as big as the Alaska moose? I don't. I don't know, man. I don't fucking measure them. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, Alaska's got a lot of moose. Like, for real, I didn't know they were um, outside of Alaska. If or you like would have told me, if you would have told me, five minutes into the podcast, we would be having a moose conversation. I would not have believed you. <laughs> but here we are. I mean, hey, man. Uh, I mean, it's a start. I mean. Alaska is a beautiful state, though, man. I highly recommend it. Uh, if you're ever able to get up there with the family, I would definitely take a trip to Denali. Yeah, that's something we definitely want to check out. Well, let's get on track here a little bit. Absolutely. Let's learn a little bit about you. Good sir, how long have you been a cop? 
Uh, let's see. Um, about in May, it should be about four years. Um, around May of this year as well, I've been in law enforcement five years total. Why law enforcement? What was your drive to become a cop? So it's a funny story. Um, if you would have asked me like, I don't know, let's just say like six years ago that I was going to be a cop, I would not have believed it. Um, you know, I grew up um, in a suburb, um, graduated high school, uh, did a little bit of community college. Um, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life, to be completely honest. Um, thoughts back and forth. Uh, I think I wanted to be a history teacher at one point. Um, but, you know, I just went to community college, took a couple courses. Um, I think after my first year, I realized I, uh, I kind of wanted to do something that involved helping people. I went ahead and signed up for the EMT program there. And uh, I'm not going to lie, though, college, it, it wasn't for me. Um, I struggled a little bit, especially with the EMT program. Like, uh, it was tough, man. It was a lot of book work. I was working nights as well. I tried to get through it. Um, I ended up dropping one of the uh, classes I was taking, too. Um, I wasn't going to pass it. But, um, you know, I, the only class I was taking at the time was that EMT program. So um, I'm trying my hardest, uh, you know, with balancing work uh, and, and going to school. And uh, I guess I just didn't really uh, get enough passing grades and whatnot. And um, I had to drop that class, which was my only one at the time. So then I realized, wait, did I just drop out of college? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, I was working in a grocery store, too, at that time. And um, funny enough, I uh, one of the guys I worked with, he was uh, he was a sergeant over at one of the prisons uh, a little bit further down south from where I lived. And, uh, but he worked part-time at the grocery store as a stalker. And, uh, you know, I forgot how we started the conversation, but I told him like, you know, I'm not going to college anymore. I need to find something to do. And um, he told me like, you know, go apply for the prison. And, you know, I, I was like, what? I was like, why would, I was like, I'm, I am 19 years old. Actually, no, I think I was 20. Sorry. But um, I was like, I'm 20 years old. Why would a prison want to hire me? And I'm, I'm like 120 pounds too. Um, I've never used a big boy voice before. I wasn't a very confrontational person. So anyway, um, I said, okay, you know, let's just see what happens. I applied for it, um, went and did the interview. Within two weeks, I was uh, going to Correctional Officer Academy. Two weeks. Now, was that a, a state prison or was that like a county? It was state. Um, so, yeah, state benefits, uh, state retirement, all that good stuff. Well, we were going to talk about campus stuff, but let's let's stay on this a little bit. So you, they hired you pretty quick, huh? That, are they hurting for people over there? Oh my God. Uh, I'll leave it at this. When um, it was a group of us um, going through the academy, it was like a revolving door with the academy. Um, anyway, they took all the people from my facility. And uh, of course, like in the first week, they give you the tour. I was like, huh, this is going to be an interesting chapter in my life. I was like, wonder why they hired me. I walked through that prison, man. Um, I was getting cat called and all that. Um, Dudes were, like, even touching themselves, like, trying to be, like, uh, discreet about it while looking at all of us. And um, I was like, oh, that's why they hired me. <laughs> it's awful, man. It's uh, the inmates run it. You know, I, I've said it many times that, you know, people kind of shit on that job. Like, street cops will shit on anybody but street cops, but especially people that work in corrections. Oh, no, we're don't get me run wrong. Into some, we're going to run into some problems, though, because... Nobody wants to work corrections because it's such a shitty job. And it the is. pay doesn't match it. I mean, like, um, 
No, I mean, I think when I started, uh, I was making like low 30s at the time. And even then, that wasn't jack shit. But, um, you know, don't get me wrong, though. Like, uh, it could be fulfilling at times. But uh, most of the time, though, it's just like, well, you're pretty much working by yourself often, you know, if the staffing is that bad. We'll kind of skip forward a little bit because we've talked about jails before. Mm -hmm. How long were you at? You were there for a, a year, right? About two years. Two years. Mm hmm. You know, it was a pretty stressful job. I uh, originally, um, you know, as time went on, I was like, you know, I kind of want to stay in law enforcement. You know, I wouldn't mind being a state trooper. You know, that was the ultimate goal at first. Um, but I felt I wasn't really ready for that yet. So, um, you know, I was just looking at like whatever law enforcement jobs were online with similar pay or a little bit more. And then, um, you know, I saw um, there was a campus police officer opening in a city I uh, grew up outside of. And I recognize the college name, but, you know, I never, like, really, like, explored the area that much. So um, I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is a good stepping stone if I want to get to state police or something else, you know. So anyway, um, you know, I go through the process and whatnot, learn more about the place. Um, it wasn't until I did my ride along that I realized there was more to this job than what normal campus cops would do. Um, I got in the car with this guy. Um, he ended up being my first FTO. I love him to death. And um, I drove around with him for a little bit, and um, he pulled the car over. I looked at him. I said, I said, y'all can do that? Because, <laughs> you know, man, I mean, like, back in my head, I didn't really do too much research on it. But, like, I figured it was a little bit more like security or something like that. So I, I'm, I'm interested because you said that you – that department does more than other campus departments – is that just like kind of your perception or now you're like kind of like, oh, shit, they do do shit? Yeah, they um, a little bit of both. Um, I guess the best way to explain it is it's not like a closed campus. Like uh, there's no like like uh, park gate or, or whatever to, you know, get in or anything. It's a it's an urban environment. The buildings are all separated. They're on city streets. And, you know, you got local and uh, pri you got local uh, businesses as well as like private residences around the area. So, you know, all, all kinds of characters walk around in that area. I presume you go through the academy, you get started over there. Mm -hmm. What's – tell us because I'm not familiar with it. I almost applied to be a campus cop, and I got on their Facebook page, and it was very um, very kneeling with protesters-like. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't think I want to work uh... at a college. And so I just I, – I was like, I, I just left that kind of stuff. I, I don't want to do this anymore. What, what is the day in the life of a campus cop? Well, um, depends on what campus I'm at. Um, but you know, um, there, we got two campuses. So we have, uh, we'll just say area one. That's kind of like where all the dorms are, um, all the classroom buildings and all that is, um, you know, you pretty much, if you're on that, that, uh, zone or area, you either get assigned a car or bike or sometimes foot patrol, Sometimes you get a gator, like the uh, John Deere gator. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, but the real meat and potatoes, though, um, where we get most of our calls is down at the hospital. Um, most of us are on foot. Um, we patrol different parts of the hospital as well as the exterior of the hospital. So um, it kind of just depends on where you're assigned that day. But, um, you know, if I'm working uh, Area 1, I'll um, always just go in, get my little snacks at 7-Eleven, talk to the talk to the clerk and all that you know um ask them how they're doing any issues lately um that's a nice thing too we can um also uh enforce laws like on the city street 
Um, doesn't necessarily have to be our property, but again, it always kind of depends on the situation. But uh, there's a lot to it. Um, we have our own jurisdiction. Like we share a concurrent jurisdiction with the uh, city police as well. Like we have our own area. Like from this street to that street, we can patrol that, and we have the powers of arrest within it. What's the relationship with the local department? Do they get along with you guys? Do they look down on you guys? What's what's that? Oh man, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, most of them. You know, I've met some good guys. I work for the city and whatnot, but um, generally, um, a lot of them just kind of find us annoying because we kind of show up to their calls and whatnot. And you know, I get why they would find it annoying, but it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like, uh, how do I explain it? Um, all right, I'll give you an example. So, um, we share concurrent jurisdiction with the city. Um, we patrol the city streets. Um, if there's like a really bad, like, uh, crash or something like that, you know, the city will take the primary on it and go respond out and take the report. But, um, they'll send us over there because, um, the area where the crash happened might be, I mean, it's a pretty big city. Um, the school is pretty big too. It's gotta be at least like, Shoot, it's got to be more than 50,000 students and staff members, but um, it's easy to, like, just run into anybody that's affiliated with, like, the uh, the university. So um, they want us to go down there and check for affiliation. And uh, most of the time, though, you know, if it's, like, one of our, like, students involved or our staff members involved and it's something that results in, like, an injury, you know, we can look at the city and be like, hey, look, we'll, we'll take the primary on this, you know. Um, they're affiliated with us, and, you know, it's it's around campus. Anyway, but then we'll go and they'll be like, there's no affiliation, you know, and they're just like, why are you here, bro? You're like stepping all over my scene, you know, I I, Which, I, I, I understand it. I understand it, though. But like, it's kind of like, well, within our policy, we, we have to do things like this, especially when it comes to like Cleary crimes and whatnot. So I was going to ask and I, I would I hate to assume, but I I would assume that this college is a uh, of like a medical type campus where there's like. The teaching area, the college area, <laughs> that that makes more sense than the teaching area. And um, so you have the teaching, the teaching area, <laughs> you have the college area and and they also have a hospital that's it's like a, a teaching hospital, I think is what I was trying to say. Is that, do I have that probably right? Yeah, just about, you know, a lot of medical students and whatnot, uh, nursing school, dentists, all that good stuff. Okay. So not to go here immediately but i'm i'm just curious i i think there's a perception within i don't know there's just a perception that campuses are more liberal and there's also a perception that that persuasion of folks don't like the cops a whole lot do you run in that into that with students and teachers with the you know in the course of your duties, they give you a hard time or do you think do you guys have a good uh, relationship? I think overall we have a pretty decent relationship with our students and staff members. Um, you know, if um, it's more like a passive aggressive rather than, you know, like straight up in your face kind of uh, attitude towards us. Uh, don't get me wrong, though. We've had kids like that. Um, but overall, though, um, we, we have a pretty good relationship with them. I actually um, <clears throat> was asked to come in one day a little bit early for, before shift and uh, come talk to a criminal justice class and, you know, um, get in groups with people and talk to them. And, um, you know, um, they seemed to really like me. Um, I answered my questions as honestly as I could. And I uh, even got a couple laughs out of it right when COVID like hit. And, you know, uh, you know, it was uh, it was really weird. So, like, I'm sh- you were a cop during the beginning of COVID, right? I was. Yes. 
Okay, so do you remember, like, that brief, like, week or two where, like, we were kind of, like, it was, like, us, nurses, EMTs, firefighters, we were, like, the heroes for, like, two weeks before, like, uh, the George Floyd riots happened? Yes, it was, it was a weird time, but I, I mean, I remember the first week of COVID, I don't know, I may do, like, a, a podcast on that, just, like, everybody's experiences with it, it was just so weird, but I... I mean, no calls, nothing's going on. We just sat for, it seemed like a week. And then slowly people started to, you know, calls started to come out when people got tired of each other, that kind of thing. Because I honestly, like at first, I feel like everybody kind of looked at it as like, cool, two week vacation. And then it was like, oh shit, we, we have to, we have to make money now and we have to function and live with our, our family members that we hate. But then there was that too, that you're talking about this. Oh yeah! Thank God for the cops and and the first responders yeah, and the nurses and stuff. Things were pretty good. I mean, like you know, besides COVID, but you know, it felt really good to like get that support from your community. Like, um, you know, I think I think literally it was like days before like George Floyd happened. You know, that got all over the news. But um, there's like a picture we keep up in our little uh, police booth over by the hospital with um us and all the nurses and the doctors and the care partners and all of them you know we're all out in the emergency room drive took a picture and uh you know they're all holding up signs to say thank you uh blankety blank police and um you know it, it felt good but then like uh george floyd happened and now all of a sudden you know these nurses are like getting really passive aggressive with us and stuff it was uh it's it, it was different because you know these are like you're not so you know you, you deal with the general public um often especially where i work but um these are like nurses and doctors you see like every day. Like you have to work with them often. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, and it's kind of like, well, we all got to work together. Um, you know, we got to keep this hospital safe and we got to coordinate, um, when it comes to like stuff involving like violent patients or, uh, psych patients, uh, ECOs, TDOs, all that. We all got to work together. To, to stick with this George Floyd thing. Was there, I presume school was out. I mean, was there like any protest on your campus or anything like that? Or oh, did you just yeah. That? Really? oh, yeah. Um, it was pretty big. Um, I'm not going to say where I live on the podcast, but um, just let me know, man. I can send you like a, a link to some videos and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to ask just to be sure you, you weren't in Minneapolis, right? That wasn't you. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh no, man. Okay. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't you, you know, since no, you it's... guys were being protested. No. Um, I mean, like compared to like place bigger places, like, I don't know, I guess like, uh, Portland or Seattle. Um, it was pretty big. Um, thousands of people. It's, a. Uh, it's really funny because, um, I remember the first day I was on day shift and um, I was just getting off work. Um, I worked like 10 hours. Uh, my time, excuse me. I got the burpees. <laughs> <laughs> did you just but say the burpees i do got the burpees i'm telling you man this this hokey logger man it's uh it's it's fighting me fighting hokies oh there's a lot more alcohol in this than i thought there was <laughs> anyway it's either a good thing or a bad thing hey man i just gotta let the juices flow you know yeah just don't be the guy that came on i'm so mad i had to delete this episode but there there was a guy that came on and the episode was so funny but it was because he was so drunk and he really overdid it. Oh, and he no. said a bunch of shit. 
And I didn't know that his like old lady was kind of listening and she was not happy with it. And I didn't want to <laughs> fuck him over. So I was like, well, I won't put it out. But it was comedy gold. So don't do that. But no, anything up to that, we're good. Nah, I got a, I got, I can't really drink too much anyway. I got a, like one court case that I go to tomorrow morning and then I'm on vacation for like a week. But oh, nice. um, anyway, back to the topic. Um, it was really funny. So um, I worked like 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. at the time. And, um, you know, we heard about the video and whatnot. Um, and, you know, there's always been like those controversies in the past with similar incidents. And, you know, I think like there was like Ferguson and whatnot. We know that was pretty bad. But I was like in high school when all that happened. So I didn't really pay attention as much. But um, anyway, so um, we weren't really we were expecting like a protest. Um, so my captain calls me. And like an hour before EOT and um, he's like hey I, I just need you to stay a couple hours there's like a protest and we just need a couple more people you shouldn't be here that long <laughs> I was like yeah okay fine whatever get some overtime so they actually um, so like we don't really have a quad on campus we have like a park and it's like right in the center of like area one campus and um, so you know that's kind of like where all the students go out hang out play sports uh, throw out the picnic blankets and hang out smoke their weed too um so anyway um that's where like all the protests would start they would like gather in the middle so um my post is they just put me in like this uh this uh education wing or uh i don't know how to say it without like without doxing myself but anyway it was a bu- it was a building we owned and um they kept me like inside of it and watched from the inside um just monitor like the crowd and whatnot you know there's other guys around campus some are mobile they're in their cars waiting at certain places and of course, you know, you got like the um, the command center and whatnot. And uh, a really cool thing I do like about where I work, though, is we have so many cameras, man. We are like big brother. We have the city like if we have a crime that happens like near campus and the city is like primary on it, man, they'd be hitting us up. And they're like, hey, you guys got cameras around here? I'm like, mm, let me go check. Anyway, so um, I'm sitting there and um, nothing was happening. And um, I called my coworker and uh, well, I said a word I shouldn't have had to him. You want to know what that word was? Oh, it starts with a Q. No, it starts with a B. Oh. <laughs> Bored. Uh, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, he's, we were on the phone, and I said, dude, I want to go home. And he's like, he's like, we shouldn't be here that much longer. And I said, well, I'm bored. And he goes, why would you say that? And um, keep in mind, this is the first night, and we're on the East Coast. We have no idea what's going on in other states like right now. Like, this is all just starting, like the first couple of minutes of it. And um, anyway, I jokingly just started yelling into the phone. I'm bored, 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 bored. And he was not happy about that. But anyway, so um, we stopped talking. I'm just monitoring the crowd, um, listening to my radio. And they're like, all right, the crowd's on the move. They start going towards uh, – they start heading down the street towards the uh, city as a police department headquarters. And then, um, yeah, they threw a couple of uh, fireballs at it and then uh, lit one of their crown Vicks on fire. What? Yeah, I Not know, right? I, no, I, I know, man. Not, oh man, it was like a. If you like Google it, you can actually like find like a uh, cinematic picture of it, man. I have to find it for you. <laughs> but um, that is. And then the next thing you hear is like, uh, be advised, I just lit an entire bus on fire. That's not right, man. No, it was it was pretty bad. You know, we were not expecting it. Me, I mean, like, I'm. I, I hate saying this, but like, you know, I wasn't really on the front lines most of the time. I was on day shift, but, you know, I always stayed over later because, you know, the protests would start like 
around eight o'clock or something like that. And they'd always need extra people. But anyway, um, real then quick, I'll... real quick, can we just have a moment for the crown Vic? Absolutely. Um, let's bow our head. I close my eyes. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> you're my rip. boy. Blue. <laughs> yeah, man. But um, we weren't expecting it at all. Um, you know, it's it's a rather larger city, but I would say it's like mid sized to be honest with you. You know, like any other like uh. Any other mid-sized city like on the East Coast, yeah, man. But um, you know, we was um, we were out there um, when all this was happening too. You know, we were uh, maybe not we weren't on the front lines like the city cops were, but you know, um, if they would come near our properties and whatnot, you know, we would stand at posts. Um, there's one thing that's really important though. Um, that is pro like our our jewel or what do you call it? Like the uh, our glowing jewel, whatever it's called. The crown jewel. The crown jewel, yeah. The crown jewel is our hospital. So, um, yeah, we have a lot of assets there. Um, well, that and patients, but anyway. <laughs> ah, screw the patients. Yeah, whatever. But um, anyway, so um, I think, like, the first time, like, I was ever, like, actually out there, like, standing in front of the crowd and whatnot, um, it was – it's kind of funny looking back because, like, they gave us, like, these gas masks – and when we were in the academy, um, I remember our instructor saying, like, all right, it's mandatory. Everyone's got to get fitted for these gas masks. You're you're probably never going to use it, but you just have to fit you just in case. Oh, how wrong he was. But <laughs> um, so we got the mask and then uh, they give us like these uh, riot helmets. And that's about it. Unless you were like on CMT. Yeah, we have CMT as well. We don't really use it as much, but um, we did during all that. And uh, they started coming towards like the main entrance of the hospital. I remember um I was I was uh past my shift um I was standing outside at the entrance and um there's a couple people like sitting on the benches like waiting for their rides and whatnot. You know, it's me and one other guy. Um and um we're listening to the radio, seeing which direction the crowd was moving. And then um once they said the crowd was like turning like towards the street that the hospital entrance is on, I just hear this <sighs> like just getting like could could you hear that? Like the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it just started getting louder and louder. And then I start seeing a couple people like throwing and tearing signs up and shit. I looked back at the people behind me sitting on the the benches, and I'm like, "Get But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it did that. I and, couldn't um, hear what you just said right there, but it kind of sounded like Kermit the Frog. You gotta get inside right now. That that, that okay. was probably a terrible impression. That but, was uh, yes. <laughs> so anyway, um. I yelled at them to all get inside. Um, the rest of the people that are staging, like in this little uh, waiting area, they come out. We're all um, out in front of the doors. Um, they're coming up the street. The city's uh, CMT force is right there. You know, they're deploying the gas and all that. They got their shields up. And, um, you know, the whole crowd's like going, fuck cops, fuck cops. And then um, one of them looks directly at me, is holding a fucking traffic cone. And, um, he says, and fuck blankety blankety police too. And he throws a traffic cone at me, right? So yeah. anyway, yeah, but like it caught me like way off guard. I, I was kind of new at the time too. I probably should have been a little bit more vigilant. But here's what the funniest thing that happened though. All of a sudden, somebody grabs me and tells me, watch out. 
I turn around and it's my chief, like my chief of police. And I said, I said, chief, what are you doing here? And he's got his phone out and he's like recording it. He's like, we're going to get him. It's like, dang. Well, all right. That's a pretty good chief right there. Did you get him? We recorded them. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. how you got him. Okay. I mean, yeah, we mean, um, we've gotten like, uh, the ones that like committed like serious felonies, like on our property and whatnot, you know, um, we got a couple of them. We protect the public and all that. Um, but the honest truth is though, um, we're, we're campus cops. We are mainly going to focus on our own properties. Right. I mean, that's kind of why we, we work there. I, I want to like break down more of like, you know, your average day kind of thing, but I, I wanted to take one step back in, cause I, I think it's kind of funny. The, the idea that the nurses that were totally cool with you, they all know you guys, but then when something happens a thousand miles away, they have an issue. Did I mean, did I get that right? Was that kind of the feeling? Yeah. Um, it was like that at first, but you know, as time went on, you know, um, I don't want to say people forget things, but uh, the pendulum kind of starts to swing back a little. Um, not saying it's like they're like all in favor of us, but, you know, um, we're able to work with them a lot better compared to like beforehand. Um, but, you know, we're, we're work together. We always got to keep it professional. But like I said, it's only like the passive aggressive stuff. It's not like outright in your face, like fuck cops and whatnot, because I got to see these people like every day. You know, it's interesting. And this is maybe just my perception on nurses. But I feel like nurses either really like cops or they really hate cops, and there's not really a middle ground. That or just just complete psychos. Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's a weird it's a weird 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 thing. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back to the podcast. I want to talk to you about my buddy Brad Williams over at Police Fit. You guys see him on the page every single Monday on poorly made police memes. Brad's going to help the new applicants and active officers smash their fitness and regain their health. Brad has 11 years experience in the fitness industry, 17 years in the military, and is also a first responder. He's going to share his experience and expertise to help applicants get their dream job and help active first responders regain their health. That's Police Fit, and I'll have a link for you on the podcast description. Back to the podcast. Let's talk about like the, the daily life of Donnie. <laughs> so do you guys get dispatch calls ever? Or do you guys have like your own dispatch center? Does it go through the, uh, like the local jurisdiction? How's that work? Oh, we got our own dispatch center, um, right in our police headquarters. Um, yeah, we we're pretty stacked up for a campus police, um, agency, but yeah, we have our own dispatchers and all that. Um, you know, we use like the city's CAD system. Um, you know, we're able to like, well, of course, we're able to, like, scan their uh, channels and whatnot, look at their calls. Um, sometimes um, the city will request us to come meet with them, especially if they have, like, a student or staff member involved. Maybe they just need some help gathering more information or uh, would like us to assist. Depends on the location. Or, um, you know, they just uh, find out it's on one of our properties and just send us the call completely. Where I worked, without going into detail we had a jurisdiction inside of our jurisdiction and it wasn't big or anything like that, but it was, I'll tell you what, man, there were definitely some, uh, I won't, I'm not going to say knockdown drag outs, but we would fucking go back and forth on jurisdiction quite a bit. And, uh, I was proud of myself for punting some calls right back to him. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, 
a lot of the time too. Um, I think like certain calls though, like if there's like an accident or something like close to campus, um, here's what's really funny. Um, we're not allowed to do coded response. So at all ever only with a supervisor's permission is a life or death situation. Most of the time that's a, I've never done it myself. The one time I could have done it, I was on a bike that day, but um, you know, one of our officers was a, uh, calling out a mayday so you know we um we all swarm that shit but um so anyway back to what i was saying um we can't do code of response but because um it's a pretty big campus but you know um as far as like the streets and the size of the city it we're all pretty close together our beats are really like we have beats that are like uh like uh two streets away or a, a block or two so you know a lot of the times if it's close to campus we're gonna get there first anyway um we can't respond code but you know we can get there yeah, uh, with uh, we can get there pretty fast though. Um, but um, what will happen is though, if it happen, if it's like a crash that happens on the city street and there's like no affiliation, um, the city will take the primary on that one. But um, you know, you'll get there first sometimes. Um, you know, you'll check for injuries, update the ambulance and all that. Um, and uh, you know, do all what you normally would do when you get to a crash, and then the city will show up. And then um, they'll see you there, and then they'll just uh, drive away. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, well, um, it's like, well, you know, more, normally, like, I don't mind, like, stuff like that. You know, if it's, like, an exchange of information or something like that. But, like, and uh, I guess depending on circumstances. And, of course, if it's, like, one of our staff members or students, I'm going to take the crash report, right? I mean, but. Do um, you guys get a lot of other calls for service, though? I mean, you guys, you said, you mentioned you have dorms, right? I assume those have some calls for yes there. absolutely most of the time they're uh when it comes to the dorms um they've it used to be a lot of uh calls for service for marijuana but um ever since they legalized it it's become more of a policy violation so like housing takes care of that um now when it comes to like drinking um yeah we have like a zero tolerance uh policy so um you know if there's like an RA or a residential assistant that has suspicions that a student is drunk or they're drinking in their dorm room they'll they'll call us and then uh, they'll open the door for us we'll go in and talk to them yeah a lot of the time when it comes to like the dorms it's like sick cases um I know I've come across a lot of students who are like underage and drinking um I actually I think that's actually what my court case is for tomorrow but um there's also um we also go on welfare checks and whatnot man. Uh, these students, uh, there's a lot of mental health issues going around, especially in this day and age. You, to jump back on you a little bit, I'm kind of all over the place, but so you you kind of did this to kind of a change of scenery, maybe to step maybe to like highway patrol down the road or whatever mm -hmm. you guys have out there. Mm -hmm. Is that still an aspiration of yours or do you dig what you're doing? Um, I've like, I've been back and forth with it. Um, Honestly, I've even had times where I've considered getting out of law enforcement. Um, you know, uh, after once COVID started, George Floyd happened, you know, I, it kind of got a bit too much, man, but you know, um, you know, so the thing with like a campus police agency is, um, have you ever heard of like Gene Cleary or the Cleary act? Uh, no. Okay. So did you go to college? <laughs> uh, you know what? That was a stupid question. I know you didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> so anyway, there was like, I'll give you like the uh, the basic summary of it. Um, in like the 1970s, there was a lady named uh, Jean Cleary. She was like a student at some kind of university. Pretty much um, someone broke into her dorm, raped and killed her. Um, 
So now we have like a, a federal law called Cleary. So um, we have to like take certain situations like really seriously, like if it's a dorm breach or something like that. Or, um, you know, if we give like a shooting on campus or a sexual assault on campus, um, we're required to like report those crimes to the federal government and um, send out a warning through email or text to like um, all the students that are signed up for it. And then because um, like if we uh, if we don't like report certain things that are like considered a I say it's a, uh, in quotes, cleary crime, um, the university can get fined or even like l the campus police department can like lose its accreditation. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so um that's like taken very seriously. So um if I go to like a like a breaking and entering or a robbery or something like that, um again, most of the time the city's gonna be taking it unless it's one of our properties. But like um if it's like a breaking and entering of like a private residence and it's uh it's like around core campus, um core campus just kind of means like uh like the, the, the heart of the uh campus, like where uh most of the properties are and whatnot. Um my supervisor is uh he they're gonna be uh they're gonna be calling me like i i need this information can we confirm it's a breaking entering blah 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 can we confirm it's a stolen car and you know i'm like i'm not even there yet <laughs> i'm trying to get there but um but yeah because they have to like send out these alerts and uh call the appropriate parties to report it once we get all that information so we need it as quick as we can so yeah, but uh, that's kind of like why the city cops kind of uh, get annoyed by us because you know we're there. Um, it's their investigation, but we just need all this information. So you know we're bothering them, we're talking to them, we're talking to our witnesses, just so we can get all the information out, so we can determine whether we need to send an alert out or not. You know. Yeah, I I could see that. I, you know, sometimes the government wants to help and it doesn't help. It makes things worse, but. I don't know. It, you know, when you get into this weird mandate, like the way you do things kind of thing, it, it causes problems. Like I know mm -hmm. uh, as a line cop, like a street cop, even though we don't have like the Cleary thing or whatever, but like I've, I've been in those situations before where, you know, because they want to send a notification out or up the chain, they want all this information. They're like, well, ask this, ask that. You're fucking my investigation because yeah. I'm asking things out of order to people that I wouldn't ask. Like, just give exactly. me five extra minutes. I, I know this is important to you, but we're also oh, yeah. we got to do the investigation. So I I could see how that could get kind of annoying for honestly for both of you guys. I mean, I, I get it, though. Like, um, there's certain laws we got to, like, follow and whatnot. You know, we don't want to lose our accreditation. But um, I'll tell you what, though, um, our uh excuse me i got the burpees again <laughs> but um you know we um i guess i don't we're like uh we're a pretty big campus agency i think uh max staffing we're probably at about 90 something but um we uh when we have these kinds of issues we always we have an on-call chief so um there's always going to be it de depending on what day what uh i don't know how they schedule it but um one of those chiefs is going to get a phone call at least like once a night usually okay Mm-hmm. But um, not... no, go ahead, buddy. Oh no, I was uh I, I forgot what I was gonna say to be honest with you. Well, there you go. <laughs> so not not to totally jump to a totally different subject, but I was thinking about this today. And obviously there's um uh, there's been shootings at college campuses, there's been shootings mm -hmm. in schools and stuff like that. And with the thing that happened in Texas last year, do you feel like your department if something like that happened on your campus somewhere, you guys would be pre prepared to deal with it. 
Absolutely. We, um, we go through like, um, well, it's been a while since I've done it. Um, I think we COVID hit, you know, we kind of had to delay it, but, um, we do go through like, um, live simulations. I think it's like once a year, but, um, you know, uh, we'll switch to a different radio channel and we'll do everything impromptu. Um, they'll have a dispatcher come in and, uh, you know, be like, Hey, this is a test. This is a test. And, you know, we, we pretend we have an active shooter scenario going on. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll probably choose a building like, uh, especially if it's like a weekend or something like that, you know, the chiefs will come in and monitor it and, um, <clears throat> they'll, they'll probably choose a building that's like closed for the day or something like that and make sure there's nobody in there. But uh, it's not like we like draw our guns or anything like that. You know, we use the finger guns and just say what we would do, you know? Okay. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think we'd be pretty prepared for, you know, we, we carry like some, so let me ask you this question. Um, did you carry a rifle when you were on patrol? I did not. I probably should have. We had lots, like a ton of people on my department that were rifle certified and it was hard to get into the rifle class and I was poor, so I didn't have a rifle, but I had a fucking shotgun. Okay. Yeah. So, um, apparently I guess in Virginia, it's a little bit different, but, um, most like agencies I've heard just like send you to rifle school anyway. But, uh, where I work though, you, um, you have to like shoot a certain percentage. Um, I think it's like 90% or something like that which I honestly don't understand why that makes any sense because a, uh, a SIG is a lot different from a, a rifle. <laughs> so, I mean, like, but anyway, so we have a couple guys that are rifle certified. Uh, we got a couple guys that are trained to teach alert. Um, but um, if you're not rifle certified, though, you do carry a shotgun. Not everybody carries a shotgun. Um, it's usually one or two units on a, well, it's usually like two units on uh, zone one or area one or whatever you want to call it. And then uh, one unit at, down at the hospital. But um, they've actually been talking about uh, trading in the uh, shotguns and getting us like these. Uh, I forgot what they were going to get, but they're like submachine guns somehow. Sounds fun. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, like, uh, you know, I, I don't want to jinx myself, but like, when are we ever really going to use that? Dude, you like you're fucking yourself right now, man. You gotta not jinx yourself. <laughs> I mean, guess because I'm bored, right? Anyway, <laughs> but, so uh, I, I yeah. was gonna ask you though, man, because you've talked a little bit about like some guys are in cars, some guys are on bikes, some people are on on foot patrol. How does that work? Do you like bid your assignments, or is it just kind of at random? Ra I'm sorry, is it just at ra random? Like, all right, you're gonna do this today, you're gonna do this today. How's that all work for you guys? It's more of a you're going to do this today, you're going to do this today. So um, <clears throat> usually um, if you work in uh, Area 1, um, you're more than likely going to have a car or you're going to be on a bike. So they train – they make everybody um, who – when they finish the academy, they make everybody go through uh, IPIMBA bike school. So um, <clears throat> it's – it's I guess it's somewhat mandatory. It's mandatory to attend a class, but it's not mandatory to pass it. Um. So, of course, like uh, 80% of our staff is bike certified. A lot of people are just smart and they just fail the class on purpose just so they don't have to ride a bike. Damn. I, I wouldn't yeah. call that smart. <laughs> I would call that lazy. But I mean, yeah, but um, well, the thing is, like, um, you know, we uh, we use the bikes because, you know, we're a very um, community policing oriented um, agency. Um, you know, we interact a lot with our community whether it's student staff members or just the general public, you know, a lot of people pass through both campuses. But anyway, um, we also don't have as many cars um, right now. Um, I think we just got like our, we just got like two new SUVs like last year. 
And um, that was like the first new SUVs in like a couple years of what I heard. But um, a lot of we do have Crown Vic still, though. I figured you might want to hear that. That is one of the most beautiful and amazing things that I've heard. Uh, but there's a catch a to it, time. though. I don't like catches. They are all poorly mistreated. And oh. um, yeah, so um, we use a couple for like a patrol. Like if... Ask me for my eyes and curiosity. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, but they're like old. They're like all like really old from like 2005 or 2006. Um, fine. That's all you need. They're fine. I mean, yeah, the miles are getting up on them, but um, it's kind of, we don't really, we use them, some of them on patrol. Um, you know, we're not going to put someone on a bike if it's like 30 degrees outside, but like if, um, you know, if it's colder or something like that, we'll bring some of the crown Vicks out. Mostly we use them though for as transport vehicles because, uh, people are like assigned, uh, at the hospital, you know, um, only like two people assigned at the hospital are going to have cars. We only have like two mobile units down at the hospital. Everyone else is like on foot patrolling, like the interior of the hospital. So, um, they'll just use the VIX to, uh, drive themselves down there. But, you know, if, um, something comes out or, uh, we need to use a car for any reason, you know, we can just grab one of the VIX. Do you guys have campus security too, or are you guys it? We do. Um, so we have two different, um, security, uh, I guess we'll say security units. Um, one of them is like contracted out. They mostly patrol like the, uh. The Area One campus again. We'll, we'll just call it the we'll just call it the dorm campus. They mostly patrol around there. Um, they'll just stay in the buildings and whatnot, just monitor it. And you know, if they see something sketch, they'll call us. Um, as far as the hospital, though, they have their own security uh, force that's employed through the university. Uh, not a contractor, but um, you know, they actually work directly for the university. And, uh, okay. you know, yeah, so, um, you know, especially if we're dealing with psych patients and whatnot, we work with them pretty closely. And, you know, it's always nice to have those extra hands around. Makes sense. They, they can't really do too much, though. Um, you know, as far as like, uh, well, I mean, I guess technically they're not really supposed to be hands on. But, you know, if there's like someone being combative or something in there in the area, you know, they'll jump in and help you, man. It's uh, It's really nice. So... Before we move on to some other things, I think it's probably time to do our officer of the podcast. All right. As you guys, yeah, let's fucking do it. So, as you guys know, if uh, you know a buddy, somebody you work with, maybe even somebody you don't like, but they deserve recognition, email me or send me a message, preferably email me for the made police memes at gmail.com. Let me know why they deserve to be the officer of the podcast. Write a beautiful, beautiful memo. And I will read it poorly, and they will win a patch that is specially made by Ghost Patch. Today, our winner, again, again, is blankety-blankety. Um, I would like to nominate my buddy, Blankety, from the Blankety-Blankety Department in Blankety-Blankety County. This guy is one of their junior officers and consistently puts himself out there to become better at his job. Whether by taking extra training his department might not even pay him to go to or by helping out the neighboring agency, even if it holds him over past uh, the double shift he was already working. He's the definition of selfless service in this field, and that is rare to see these days. So congratulations, Officer Blankety Blankety. Does he deserve a round of applause, air horns, or a T-Rex? 
Uh, good question, sir. Um, I think we're going to have to go with the T-Rex. Good call. <laughs> All right. Now, I may have some more questions, but Instagram had a lot of questions of you. So you okay. have to you have to speak for all campus cops, which I, I would say <laughs> oh, <gosh. it's, laughs> I, I would say that campus policing is probably much different from campus to campus. I feel I like mean, you're going to get I, a lot of uh, questions asking if I'm even a real cop. Uh, yes, <laughs> that is true. Um, you know, I, I think like if you were like a campus cop in like one of these major universities. Mm hmm. You may, um, it might be a little different. Like, you know, if you're University of Nebraska or something, I think it's different having the hospital and stuff. Oh, yeah, so, definitely. All right. The first question, how many keys do you carry on your person at a time? How many keys do I carry on my person at a time? Okay. Um, let's see. I carry two pairs of handcuff keys on me. Um, I have one manual key that's used for all the uh, buildings uh, related to the uh, – that are related to our satellite substations on both campuses, my traffic box key. And uh, I got one special key for one special property that I like to go to. <laughs> but um, I also, uh, so the way the campus is uh, structured and um, how the doors work is um, you have to use your, your uh, ID card. Um, so it's kind of cool because um uh, my ID card is basically like a master key. I can go to like 99% of our properties. Like I can get in and um, I can pretty much go wherever I want. It's awesome. Key cards for the win. You definitely, man. Uh, if I need to take a moment, take a breather, um, grab my phone charger, charge up and find me a nice little uh, empty uh, build and just hang out for a quick 30 minutes. Are there just, I don't know why I feel like most campuses are just, completely filled with empty useless buildings is that uh, true you know it's it's a funny story um we actually uh before i started working there there was a nightclub right in the middle of campus and um this place was famous uh for just fights breaking out drunk people uh guns drugs all of it all the sketchy people coming in and out uh the university literally bought it just so that people would stop going there like they just bought the building and shut it down <laughs> we haven't That's done a, anything with it i bet it's a great place to hide and take a shit you know that that's something i was going to mention man um having that master key card man i can poop anywhere i want man it's awesome you know that really sounds amazing because i i like to try different toilets out and try and get like a feel mm -hmm. you know some some are just better than others i i know at my department there was one particular sub and, and i'm a tall guy but the I swear to God, I would sit on that toilet and my, my legs would dangle off like a little kid. It was so <laughs> tall. It was very uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, uh, my usual go-to spot is supposedly haunted. <laughs> well, we'll have to talk about that later when we get oh, to yeah. the haunted questions. Definitely. What All is right. uh, One person writes in, what is the most dangerous situation you've encountered? <sighs> It's a good question. So, um, <clears throat> as far as like dangerous, like, you know, I do like police an urban environment, but I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, I've been in a shit ton of high stress situations. Um, <clears throat> I did, um, well, actually wasn't that long ago. I, um, uh, I was like the first on scene for a shooting that happened right in the core of our campus. Um, but, uh, I was literally like only a block away and, um, 
like I said, it's not not really gonna say stressful, but like um, you know, it was kind of like uh, I'm first on scene. The city's got to take the primary on it clearly because there was a shooting, but you know, I uh, I got to figure out what I'm gonna do. You know, like uh, we don't really get that experience that much other than like scenarios in the academy. So I get there and I got a ride along with me too. I get into and I'm like, okay, who shot? Who shot? Look at this guy. There's like a doctor there who was uh off duty or whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, off shift or whatever. She's sending this guy. I'm trying to get all this information. Um, what the guy's wearing, what he's, wh which way he went, was he on foot or car? And um, you know, I'm just not getting the information I need. And then, of course, the city shows up. All like oh, the whole ass precinct does. And now they're um just moving in and doing everything. You know, they're taping off the entire block or the intersection or whatever. I'm trying to get all this information, but um, you know, and now I got all the other units circulating and whatnot. High stress, not really. Um, I think like when I say, I want to say there was a lot of crowd control involved, um, <clears throat> because people are just crowding around this guy, and I'm just like, yo, get this guy some air. He just got shot, you know. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a it was an experience, and uh, apparently, according to my supervisors, I handled it pretty well, just trying to get all the information out before the city got there. Um. <clears throat> If you want to talk more like kind of like an adrenaline rush, though, I think I did. Um, It's actually a funny story. You want to hear a funny story? I love funny stories. All right. I was on day shift at the time, and um, I pretty much spent my entire rookie year on day shift. I work nights now. But um, anyway, we didn't really see a lot of action on days. And um, there was a, I was the only unit on the campus. So they were doing shift change. The way the shifts work is um, I worked like nine to seven and I had got there were guys that worked like seven to five. The guys are getting off at five o'clock or leaving. So they just left me alone on the whole campus. And um, <laughs> so anyway, I call for a vandalism and progress comes out. So I know what you're thinking. Um, that's not really like a crazy call for service. But you got to remember, though, I'm a campus cop. We like to deal with the petty things. <laughs> you know at least you admit it i feel like some people will get on this podcast and say hey look i'm billy badass too i mean I like I, your honesty i'd be lying if i said there weren't guys at my department that acted like that but anyway so we um normally like stuff like the city cops would just brush off they don't really care about or just put little to no effort into it but um we've been having like a string of vandalisms around campus lately and we've been trying to catch him too, but like it's been hard to do. But um, I called him like red-handed. Uh, I called him spraying the side of one of our properties. Um, again, I'm the only one on campus, and I walk up to him, and I'm on my bike too. Uh, that's going to be an important factor in this story. I'm on a bicycle, so um, I go up to him and I stop him, and I said, "Hey, bro, um, I literally just caught you uh, vandalizing the side of our building, and I got a call for it." And he's like, he's kind of giving me an attitude too, young kid. And, um, I said, um, <laughs> I said, all right, bro. So look, I need to see some ID. Um, he's like, I don't carry an ID. I said, okay, well, you know, your social security number, right? He says, no. I said, well, you know, your name and date of birth, right? He said, I'll holler at you later. And started walking away. I was like, nah, man, you got to stop. Right. So I'm just standing there with my bike helmet on. My bike is parked next to me and he starts running and my first instinct though is not to get on the bike but just chase him down the street with a bike helmet on <laughs> and... 
I think I, anybody would have done that. Like, you're like, oh, fuck, I got to chase him. You would have Well, forgot. here's the thing, though. Forgot, it could have been so much easier if I got on my bike, though. Like, well, I would have. No one would have thought. I'm telling you right now, as funny as it is, I would have done the same thing. I wouldn't have thought to get on my bike. I would have chased after him. So I called out the foot pursuit, and um, we can't get in any vehicle pursuits, but foot pursuits, man, we get in those all day if we can. But um, <laughs> I'm chasing him, and now I just remember, like, uh, passing, like, through parking lots and stuff. There's everyone just laughing and uh, cheering this guy on because there's a campus cop with a bike helmet on chasing this chubby kid running down the street. <laughs> that's that's how it felt, though. <laughs> So I call it out and um, <laughs> so now the night shift isn't even out of read off yet. And I call it out and now they all hop in their cars. They can't run code, but um, they can get there with a purpose. So um, one of the my one of the night shift sergeants uh, gets in the car with another officer. The officer. um <laughs> jumps out of the car and um i get him like onto like the main street and um one of the bigger busier streets in the city but um i'm chasing him and he starts walking i've already ran like how many blocks did i run i I ran a few it wasn't maybe not a mile but maybe like two-thirds of a mile or something like that it was a pretty long run but um he started walking and i remember watching my body cam and just going oh thank god and I started walking too because I know, like, um, my other officer who's completely energized is just hopping out of the car. He runs towards him and he trips. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> and if he's listening to this, he knows he knows this whole situation. It's hilarious. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, more night shift officers show up, and um, the kid runs out of breath. He stops. And he he just, they put him up against the wall, and he's like sweating and shit. He's out of breath. He's huffing and puffing. He's like chill, chill, chill. I called up to him. I looked at him. I said, "Bro, it's a class four misdemeanor." <laughs> but I mean, um, you, you got to add in the the extra charges, right? Oh yeah, I got him with obstruction too. I um, they actually um, I probably I could have gotten for assault on Leo too if I really wanted to, to be honest, because um. At one point, I caught up to him in a parking lot, and um, as I went in to reach for him, he pushed me down on the ground, and I had, like, a small scratch on my hand, but the kid was only, like, 19, and, you know, that shit don't really... No, fuck him. Nah, come on, man. You got got it. No, Uh, fuck him. Don't push a cop. Hey, listen, man. You're a city cop. We we do it a little different over at the campus. We we actually have feelings. No, fuck your feelings. (laughs) And I'm not normally that guy, but I'm sorry, man. No, 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 no. Fuck him. No, I honest, I honestly, I feel you on that one. But there's a there's a reason why I didn't charge him, and you're gonna think I'm lazy. I yeah. uh, I was so out of breath. I uh, literally like vomited too, man. And um, I was it was already like end of my shift by the time I got him in the interview room and interviewed him. And um, I was like, do I really want to charge him with a felony and take him to jail and be here four more hours? Yes. <laughs> yes. Fuck him. <laughs> I mean, hey, look, man, he was a first-time offender, and I've always been a firm believer in second chances. But um, I did nail him with that obstruction charge. Um, I got him with the vandalism on state property. So I released him on two summonses. Um, sure enough, he came to court. Um, I talked to the Commonwealth attorney. I talked to 
his lawyer and um you know i uh he was a good kid he just uh made a dumb mistake man and um i told I, the um, offer was just community service and anger management classes and you know he he said um he wanted to his lawyer was like, he actually wants to talk to you personally. And I talked to him like, uh, before we went before the judge and, uh, he apologized to me and shook my hand. And I said, Hey man, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Express your uh, art in a less illegal way. And, and don't push cops. Let me ask this. I don't know why I just thought of this regarding, we were kind of talking a little bit about like protests and stuff. Has there been any protests? Cause we're, I don't know, two or three days out of the uh the memphis thing have you guys had any issues on your campus so far with that not so far um i was off this weekend um i checked the daily activity report but i didn't see anything protest related um granted that might happen next weekend but um so far um we had like a candlelight vigil um we thought it might turn into something but um there's only like 30 people that showed up um it was for that um i never really read about the story it's just um it's something that happened uh i think it was in georgia the uh uh, what do you call it? Like the uh, oh, we talked about it's not out yet, but the the tree, the cop city thing where the, yeah, um, the trooper the, got the hippie, shot like they, yeah, yeah. The, the hippie like pulled a gun on him and they shot him. I I cannot believe that that is getting more traction than the thing in Memphis. I mean, the the thing in Memphis was fucking horrendous. So it, I, it I might make any sense. I might have an opinion on that. Um, so, and I say this like with just like thinking logically and whatnot. But um, I feel like if um, we, uh, I mean, again, this is just my opinion, but um, I feel like if it wasn't for COVID, the uh, George Floyd riots probably wouldn't have got out as, as out of hand as they really were. Uh, I say that because, um, well, when uh, you're locked up, you're not going to work. Um, can't leave your house and there's none of the bars or the clubs are open what else are you gonna do yeah i, I mean know. like i i i'll have to sit and ponder that you could be on to something i mean like i i think in a sense you're right but i mean look at ferguson though that i mean there was you know the that, world that, was open during ferguson that's true and that, too and that was based on a lie too you didn't even have video of that i i would argue the aftermath of Ferguson was, uh, I don't know. I, I guess it's probably on par. I don't want to say it's worse. I think some aspects of it were worse, but it. I don't it, know. That That's a good question that you posed. It's been a while since, like, I've actually read up on Ferguson. Um, I'm not going to get into the details of it, but um, I feel like that was kind of, like, the start to all this. Um, I've listened to, like, a couple of your uh, – podcast in the past and i think you actually said you believe ferguson was kind of like the uh start of the pendulum sweep sweeping uh that's not sweeping swinging back towards a uh, anti-cop yeah i think it was but mm. you know what well, let's talk about let's talk about happy stuff and so we're getting yeah, off they, on yeah, let's, let's talk here. happy things yeah yeah so as a campus cop this is a part of the questions here that the mm -hmm. instagram has what what is like the biggest issue that the campus faces like today? Like what's, what's the biggest problem for your department? Mental health. Definitely. So, um, I think I might've mentioned it like with a few messages I've sent you on messenger. I think one of them was like, doctors don't understand case law or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, 
you um you guys you where you came from you called it an m9 we call it eco in the state of virginia which stands for emergency custody order you following yeah m1 but yes yeah or m1 i'm sorry a number Um, it doesn't matter m and a number don't matter but anyway go on (laughs) so um the thing is um when you do an emergency custody order you know it's i guess we'll give the example um Someone is uh, sitting on the ledge of a bridge. You know, they have intents to commit suicide. Um, you're going to talk them down and you're going to handcuff them and take them to emergency custody, man. You, you're going to force them to get treat, mental health treatment, right? You're going to take them to the hospital. So what happens, though, and I don't know if it's like a liability thing or it's something to do with like with the fact that uh, the hospital is like owned by the state. But we'll get calls from like doctors and whatnot, like calls in the emergency room. So that's. One that's like when I mentioned we patrol the hospital. We have like one or two units that patrol just the emergency room, and yeah. um, uh, it's a major hospital in a in a major city, and um, you get people from all different kinds of walk. There's like three housing projects that surround it. Um, we have a pretty bad homeless problem as well. People who suffer from mental health issues, so they'll come to the hospital to seek mental health treatment, and what happens is um, they end up waiting way too long and they kind of just get tired of it and they want to leave. And then when they tell the nurses or doctors, they want to leave, they'll call us and ask us to like initiate an emergency custody order on this patient. So here's kind of like where it gets tricky though. So I'm not a medical professional. That's Uh, fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So that's a normal thing where I work. That's insane. That's a normal thing. I know. Like, this, if you were to ask like the city cops that, they would just. just... <laughs> I'm a so that's one thing, one issue we have with the city cops. They'll um, they'll get these guys down to the hospital and say, "Oh, they're voluntary. They're your problem now," and then just fucking leave. Yeah, don't be lazy. By the <laughs> way, kids, this this not just for this circumstance, but if you have a a mental health hold, whatever it's called in your state, don't. If they fuck, here's all right. I'm gonna go on a little tangent. Go for it, man. Here we go. So you're really just screwing somebody else if you don't do the right thing. You know, people use the voluntary thing because it's, it basically means that they don't have to do the paperwork. If they do something or say something that fits the statute, just fill out the fucking piece of paper. It's going to yeah, just... benefit you in the long run. It's going to benefit other people in the long run. Just because you don't want to fucking, I get it. You know, somebody says, I'm willing to go to the hospital. Okay, that's great. Just do your fucking job and write it down. Oh, yeah. I've, if I've that's heard part like, of your job. I've heard like horror stories, not from my personal experience, but from like senior officers and shit. Like, um, I think like state police, even at one point, like just cuffed a guy up, threw him in the back of an ambulance and sent him down to our hospital and they weren't even with them. Yeah, that's not good. No, it, it's not. If but um, so anyway, that's like a major like issue we've been dealing with. Oh, excuse me. What can't the doctors just fucking write their own holds? Nope. So you need a law enforcement officer to initiate that. Oh, that's a Virginia it, problem. That's not an issue. Like in Colorado, the doctors could write one too. Are you serious? Yeah. So yeah. all right. So cops. Here's what drove me nuts: is cops could. I think some mental health professionals and doctors could, but fire. I don't get why fire couldn't fucking write those that would have saved so much time and energy if fire could write them too or ems man i mean they're gonna be trained in cit exactly they have so much more medical training like why can't they do an m1 it didn't make sense but like like i said i'm not a i'm not a medical expert but um i'm pretty much just the uh 
the uh, the the security guard, if you want to call me that, <laughs> but um, who just sits and watches it. So um, this is like why we're having an issue with it. These uh doctors will just call us. Um, I'll talk to them and I'll be like, okay, is the patient suicidal? No. Are they homicidal? No. Do you have any reason to believe they may be a danger to themselves or others? Yes. Okay, tell me why. Oh well, they're they're schizophrenic. Okay, so. I'm like, it's not illegal to be mentally ill, dude. I mean, yeah, like, if you, if you have to, if you're going to take somebody's rights away, you have to be able to articulate that they're going to be a danger to themselves or other. I, I think you could, depending on what they're saying with their schizophrenic is like, oh yeah, they don't know where they are. They don't, you know, they can't, th like we had a thing in Colorado and it's failure to thrive, which mm -hmm. that, I mean, I, I've said it on the podcast. I don't bore everybody with another diatribe, but. You could, the way the M1 thing is written in Colorado, I would argue you could put almost every single homeless person on an M1. Almost every single one. No, I, I totally agree. I, I have regulars I run into that are like trespassing and shit like that on our property. They're just mentally ill. They have issues, but they can take care of themselves. They've been living on the street for like 10 years. Yeah. But so, yet, that's so a basically okay. the doctors. They don't get to people in time. They want to treat them, and so they want you to basically write that they have to stay. Pretty much. So what happens is, so they, the more like, um, and I've discussed this with my coworkers. Like it's a, it's a major issue. If you had any of them on this podcast, man, they would tell you the same damn answer. So, emergency custody order is normally for when you're out on the street. Um. Like I mentioned the bridge example, you're going to take that person into custody like immediately, like no p paperless ECO, man, no paperwork right now. Just book, just take them to the hospital, you know, but um, once they're in the hospital, though, um, whether they originally come in voluntary or something like that um, and they're not under any custody, they're considered voluntary until they say, well, I'm not getting the treatment I want. I'm just going to go to a different hospital. But these doctors, they just want to keep them there. Um, I don't know. There's probably more to it, and uh, there's it's probably like a liability thing as well, some kind of like policy they follow that you know we're fully out of the loop on. But um, <clears throat> what happens is they'll ask us to just come over to their room, talk to the doctor, get the information, get the patient's information, and you know if they meet the criteria, we initiate it, and then we sit with them for uh, about eight hours at the most until a uh, uh, well, I don't want to say the company name or uh. <clears throat> just the docs myself, but, um, we'll have like a representative. That's like a psychologist talk to them over like, uh, zoom or like through the computer. And, um, you know, even they have like picked up, so they're not the, um, the people that, um, talk to them through the computer are not affiliated with my university. Um, they're their own separate entity, but, um, I've even talked on the phone with them and they're kind of like, this is a bit strange at your college. I'll tell them, I'm like, yeah, I kind of agree with you on that one. So I'll have I've had instances where like um I've even like uh had a thing where um I was trying we had like no staffing one night and you know we can't all just be sitting on site patients man you know but um because we got calls for service we got to handle that hospital's crazy we try our hardest to not sit with these patients as you know if unless they're like in immediate danger they're actively trying to leave man like I don't see what the issue is but um like I said I think it's a liability thing and, but. I've I had one That's instance. a mess, dude. That's a fucking mess. Yeah. But I, I had a conversation with like a psych like a, a psych doctor, one that actually worked at like the hospital. And um 
the thing about the hospital I work at, so it's like four different hospitals all connected to each other. You can just get to any hospital from like, I don't know, like the main hospital or whatever. So we have a psych ward. We have two psych floors just for people with mental health issues. And most of the time, unless there's like a, no beds available, they'll uh, take them to like the uh, state facility. But anyway, I had one call me and ask me about if information on emergency custody orders or temporary detention orders. Uh, temporary detention orders or TDOs is like the next step after emergency custody order if it's granted. But anyway, they were telling me like, hey, they were asking me questions about criteria and they're like, would this patient meet the criteria? And I'm like, no, not necessarily if they say they want to stay and, you know, they're voluntarily like expressing they want to stay and get treatment. So one of them literally admitted to me like over the phone that they just wanted to ECO this individual to speed up the process. That That's a problem. I would be curious if other other hospitals are having that same issue. I mean, that sounds like that should be something the it, it, uh, the legislature should be taking. Well, out. it's, it's an issue because, you know, we, you know, I'm, I deal with a lot of people who suffer mental health. That's like, I would say that's a good 40% of my job to be honest with you, just because I work in a hospital, but there's a serious issue going around, like around the country, man, there's just no beds available and people aren't getting the help they need. You know, I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's because we've had a population growth, but I don't, I did a podcast a little while back and we, I kind of expressed my humble opinion is maybe we need to start institutionalizing some people that just are unable to care for themselves on their own kind of thing. And it's unfair to basically watch them I mean, suffer on their own kind of thing. Like people no, that are clearly I get that. unable to be able to take care of them. I'm not talking about like, you know, Joe Smo, like, Hey, you got a little anxiety. <laughs> You're fucked. Come no, but kind of thing. Hey, I, I'm talking about people that truly cannot care for themselves. We're basically letting them die on the street. Hey man, I, I hear you. I mean, like I've had people that have um, regulars I run into, whether it's on the street or at the hospital, they come in and they, um, they know how to play the system. Um, it's crazy, man. Um, because you know, they're homeless. Uh, they, uh, none of the shelters will take them in, whether it's because they can't do drugs at a shelter or drink or whatever, or they're banned from it. They'll just come into the hospital, act crazy. And then, um, the doctors will request an emergency custody order. Stay warm for a couple of nights. Yeah. I mean, like the, uh, I think at the most they can only stay 72 hours, but that doesn't include weekends or holidays. So think smarter, not harder kids. You know, it just, I'm, I'm curious why, at least, I don't know, my perception is there's this big rise in mental health issues. What is it? You know, where is this coming from? Is this, you know, I could, I have a hypothesis that, I don't know if that's the right word, but we're going to go with it. I have this idea that some of it has to do with people, the drugs now are harder and they're mm-hmm. pushing people's brains a little bit. Yeah, fentanyl is a big to. thing nowadays now. And so, you know, bef- before people, you know, they would do drugs and maybe, maybe not, but now the way the drugs are now, it just, you know, you're, you're, you're basically, you're, you're killing yourself or destroying your brain to a point where you can't function because they're so powerful. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that, is a big part of it but i mean it but even on like the line level of you know guys like me and you it seems like and maybe it's just because we're talking about a little bit more where you know people used to suppress their feelings i don't know but it definitely it definitely feels like there's a lot of it going around 
Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I have my own theory. I'm not, I'm not a mental health expert. I, I think about like, uh, how mental health was treated like way back then, like in the early 1900s or like up until like, I think it was like the 1960s or seventies. Um, they had asylums and whatnot. And I just feel like, you know, people didn't really like focus on it as much because, you know, they just kind of threw them in this cell and just threw away the key and whatnot. And, you know, these asylums were like a terrible period in American history, man. But, you know, people. Well, and I, I want to be clear about my my theory with asylums. I'm not advocating bringing them back the way they were. No, kind of thing. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, we need to do better than what it was and better than what we have now. Absolutely. Um, But I feel like, see, I don't I don't know really exactly how to describe it, but I feel like uh, back when we had asylums, though, you know, it was, uh, you know, you just kind of like scoop these guys up and throw them in there for God knows how long, man. I mean, they never got the treatment. They were overcrowded. But, you know, asylums, we don't have those anymore. So now everybody's just kind of like wandering around the street and, you know, we can't really like hold them for an extended period of time. And there's not enough beds available because, you know, we can't overcrowd like these uh, state sanatoriums, you know? Yeah. It's but, um, it's a big problem. I don't know. I don't know what the answers are. No, nah, I mean, like, I don't know if we'll ever find an answer. But, um, you know, I uh, I do hope we do, man, because uh, it really is a, a crisis going on across the country with this. All right. We got we got to have some more fun now because we're right. a little serious. Real there. quick, before you start the fun, I really got to pee. Yeah, go take a piss, man. Break the seal. These hokey beers are a bit much. <laughs> I'll be back. All right. Ooh, I just had one of those peas that feel like sex. <laughs> you know what? That's a thing. To be honest with you, <laughs> like a pee boner. Aren't you not supposed to be able to pee when you have a boner? What you you've never peed with a boner? No, I I have, but I read somewhere that you're not supposed to, and I always thought I was weird. Why? I mean, it, it's just a boner, and when you got to pee, you got to pee. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> I mean, like, you. bro, like, uh... I'm okay. Hold on a second. <laughs> but you have a boner right now. Is this podcast that exciting? Whoa, no, maybe. <laughs> nah, I'm just messing with you, bro. <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. So... All right. <laughs> All right, let, let's get on with it. <laughs> okay, so I think we kind of got into this a moment ago, but since they asked, I assume this comes from a, another campus cop. Is your campus as liberal slash woke as mine? Depends on where he works, but the answer is always going to be yes. Yeah, I, I could imagine that's probably it. Yeah, it's not too bad, though. We have a pretty supportive community, but, you know, um, I don't want to say the vast majority of the students are anti-cop, but, you know, we come across them. If anything, they just think we're security guards anyway. I mean, there could be worse things, right? Yeah, it's true, too. But overall, though, I mean, like, we got a pretty good community. The next question, do campus cops even do anything besides take beer? <laughs> Sorry, let me try it again. Do campus cops even do anything besides take beer and weed? We yeah. just found out you do. Yeah, um, we do. Like I said, we we do a lot of psych patients. If you work uh, on a medical campus, and um, you know, I think um, a lot of calls for service we get is a lot of trespassers because uh, we have parking decks all over, and uh, that's the homeless people's uh, favorite place to uh, hang out and drink. Man, drink, sleep, shoot up, whatever. Dirty Mike and the boys. Yeah, um, we actually did have a guy who has been a constant issue. He literally has been trespassing in the same deck for like five years before i even started 
Well, and see, but that's the problem is because trespassing is not really a crime anymore. It doesn't matter. You could just you could just keep trespassing, and what do they get? All right, here's another ticket. Here's another ticket. There's no real punishment for it. So, so I can go a little bit more into depth of that. I won't take up too much time. I know we want to answer more questions and whatnot. So, no, go ahead. So, um, <clears throat> the city I work in, um, I guess you could honestly, you could probably say Virginia's pretty red, man. But um, as far as like major cities, um, it's pretty liberal. Not 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 that that's a bad thing or anything, but um, you know, you get liberal policies. Yes, it um, is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, man, we don't do that here. Well, same know, team, I, man. I, we all want to fucking go home. We all want to f- do whatever we want. We all want to be left alone. We just have yeah. to figure out a way to get there. Same team. Yeah, absolutely. So, but you know, um, they haven't been as harsh on uh criminal penalties, especially in court lately. Um, trespassing is you might as well knock it down from a class one to a class four at this point. But um, you know, with the university and whatnot, you know, that's something we always have issues with because it's an open university. We've even gone as far as um, if we really don't want someone on our property, we uh, we uh, type up ban letters like um, well, I'll get with investigations and I'll be like, hey, uh, this guy is uh, this guy is a frequent flyer or he's having an issue with a student. He doesn't he doesn't he's not a student here either. He's stalking some student, blah, blah, blah. Can we just issue a ban letter for him? So he's banned from all of our campus properties. And I'll say, hell yeah, you know, but um. It doesn't really matter. Um, the only thing that ban letter does is it kind of just backs us up in court. Um, you know, normally the, uh, you know, if we get like a, a regular guy, like a regular homeless guy, he uh, he's taking a nap in like one of the parking decks or something like that. You know, we'll run his info. He's not wanted or anything. We'll, we'll leave him with a warning. Just say, hey, man, you know, just uh, stay off the just stay off our campus properties. We actually have a card. We read them. Um, I bet you I could find it if you want me to read it but of course i'll leave nah, you nah. <laughs> you know it's what li- i changed it's... my mind let's hear it all right, all right all right all right all right i'll have to improvise a little bit just because you know i can't say the university name <laughs> so it's funny because um they give us this card and it's literally like it's like one side it's our miranda rights and on the other it's our official uh campus police trespassing official warning card <laughs> all right you ready <laughs> i'm ready for it Mr. slash Mrs. Blank, you are hereby advised this is an official warning against trespassing on all blankety blank property. In the future, you will be charged under Virginia State Code 18.2-119 or similar statute. If you go upon or remain on any academic housing, medical buildings, and or retail establishments on property owned or leased by blankety blank university and blankety blank university health systems. Buildings are marked blankety blank university. The only exception to this warning is a medical emergency or scheduled healthcare visit. Do you have any questions for me about what I just read you? Uh, hardcore. <laughs> I gotta be honest, man. That sounds like something I would have read at my mall as a security guard. No, I just find it hilarious, though, how it's literally the Miranda warning on one side and the trespass on one other side. And I've used the trespass warning probably a hundred times more than I have the Miranda warning. You know, I you brought up something that I meant to ask way earlier as far as investigations go. Do you it, do you investigate your own cases or do you guys have dicks that do some of that or does it Dep- depend on the case? Depends on the case. Um, you know, most of the time we'll investigate just about every crime. Um, we get a lot of sexual assaults on campus, so of course we're going to like investigate that. Um, as far as like a homicide or something like that, you know, if it happens on one of our properties, 
um, the city's going to have to take primary on that. We don't have like homicide or vice detectives or just general investigators. Okay. Does your leadership promote proactivity or do they want officer friendly? That's a really good question, actually. So, of course, like during COVID and whatnot, um, you know, I'm not going to lie. Um, we work for a university police department. Um, they kind of just, uh, well, it's going to sound fucked up saying, but the university is always going to take priority. I mean, but, um, you know, they're going to look out for their students and staff, clearly. So at the beginning, it was kind of like that. But now we're like slowly leaning more forward into more proactive police work. Um, as far as like admin, you know, um, they're we're more focused on like community policing engagement and whatnot. You know, our property checks, interacting with our community and all that. But, um, you know, I've got some pretty good supervisors on my shift. And, um, you know, they, they really do want to see me out there be more proactive. Um, and I'm not going to lie. Uh, like I said, though, we're allowed to do traffic stops and stuff like that. I haven't been really um, been doing a lot of traffic stops last year, but uh, this year I decided, uh, you know, if they're letting us be a little bit more free, I'm going to be a little bit more proactive than I normally am, you know? And that was the next question on there is basically, are you proactive or an armed security guard? Let's, can we say both? <laughs> you know, the way I just, mean? the way, no, no, no. So the way I describe it to people um, is I'm basically a security guard with the powers of arrest. At least you own it. I mean, Again. yeah, but like it's uh, I mean, like, yeah, I'm a cop. I'm sworn. I went through an academy and all that. But, you know, I, I take calls for service where it's kind of like, well, why is the police got to do this? You know, I hear you. So the next question, I believe, is going to be from Urban Dictionary Man. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. Have they ever encountered a student being... I don't even know how to pronounce this. Sexled? Sexled? S it's S-E-X-I-L-E-D. Sexled? Uh, I don't know what that Sexled. means, bro. Oh, okay. It's to be exiled from your apartment or room because your roommate is having sex with somebody. <laughs> Sexiled. <laughs> Sexiled. I like that one. Uh, that okay. is one of that, the best that, definitions that, that Urban Dictionary Man has, has brought to us. I like that. You know, it's it's funny. Um, we do have like roommate disputes and shit like that. Normally, housing handles it, but um, ah, we we have had like in the past had issues where like roommates hook up and shit. Yeah, I could see that being problematic, potentially. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, yeah. they're I mean, young I and in love. They're kids. Wait, hold on. Roommates hook up. Okay. Well, all right. Okay, okay. I was gonna say I assume it's not co-ed, but it's I mean, twenty three. So it's... who cares? So it, it's not co-ed, but the thing is, um, <clears throat> there are properties around campus that are like privately owned, but like um, they're focused towards students. Okay. Um, so they'll be like, so of course, um, you know, if a student's living there and uh, they call the police for something, I can respond out there. Okay. Um, so, but um, a lot of these like uh, private owned, uh, I I guess you could call them suedo dorms or whatever, but pretty much like the student is uh, paying to live in a private property which is mainly students. And um, it's like, just like the dorm rooms, uh, depending on what building it is. But there's like, it's like one of those dorms where um, there's a common area and then everyone gets their own room with their own key, oh, you okay. know? I got gotcha. you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you can be co-ed and whatnot. But um, the other dorms, it's like, yeah, it's it's all uh, genders and uh, sexes walking around the dorms. But, you know, they'll never put a guy and a gal together. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. The next question, I guess 
it's weird we've had these streaks of similar questions, but is it frowned upon or against the rules to fraternize with the college females? Yes. Um, so that's another funny story. Um, in policy, we're not allowed to fraternize with any of the students because or um, any of the like medical staff members or anything like that by policy. I've heard horror stories, though. Um, I won't get into too much detail. But anyway, um, my very first day of field training. Uh, do you remember what I was telling you about the ride along and um, the cop pulled this guy over and I said, we can do this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I found out like a few days before he was going to be my field trainer. And um, I was like, oh, cool. I get to work with him. You know, he's like the first cop I ever met that worked there, you know? So um, he was a funny dude. Um, just a, He's an old head. Um, but uh, he's a, <laughs> he likes the ladies, though. So <laughs> he likes the ladies. He, he does said. like the, he does like the ladies. So um, he shows me. It's <laughs> <laughs> the whole song. I was hoping it was just a little <laughs> clip of girls, 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 but not. The, the whole song. Uh, oh, you tried man. though, man. You I tried. tried. <laughs> so he takes me to the park. You know, that's like the center of the campus, and he points out all the streets that like um are like perpendicular to it. He's like, "Well, you see, you got uh so and so street over here, and you got so and so street over there." And oh, oh my! I looked at him. I said, uh, "Are you okay, sir?" He said, "What?" Like he zoned out, and he said, "Oh, I'm I'm so sorry. I I kind of zoned out for a minute. There's just a." Uh, there's a whole lot of cake walking around here. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so anyway, I was like, okay. And he's like, do you know the policy on dating students here? I said, no. And he said, well, for one, don't do it. And two, if you do do it, make sure they live off campus and they're not crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I um I did so I started back when I was younger, like college age and whatnot. Um, but yeah, that was something I really looked into and whatnot, just to make sure I wouldn't get in trouble. Yeah, I would imagine like a guy your age working on a campus with a bunch of hot chicks your age, <laughs> problematic. You know, it, it's so it's so funny. Um, you see a lot of like attractive young women and whatnot, but dude, they are like with the ugliest guys I've ever seen. What is with that? I, I don't know, man. I guess uh, personality over Trump's looks now. You know what? <laughs> I'm good with that. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> hey, hold on a second. I'm going to do air horns for that. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Although Absolutely. I'm married, so I. No, I, I hear I you. <laughs> Hey man, I got an ugly, I got an ugly mug, dude. My standards aren't the highest. Oh, uh, you're a handsome young man. Your mom Aww, even says so. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, do you guys do lockouts at dorms? That was a question on here. Is how many locker and dorm lockouts do you guys do? Define lockouts. Does it... I assume that they mean like when somebody's locked out of their dorm, you got to go let them in, kind of thing. Yeah, usually housing takes care of that. To be honest, um, as far as like um. We'll have issues. We'll have some um, instances where um, we'll have people like park in a parking deck uh, that's like closed for the night, like uh, over towards the uh, health system, and um, so they'll come park there. Um, they don't. They're not familiar with the area at all because it, it's a hospital where um, 
people from all over the state come here because it's like a level one trauma center. But um, for all different things, um, they'll park their car in some deck that like closes after a certain hour, and they'll ask like police or security to come help them get their car out. But um, or um, someone might forget their uh, identification card and their uh, like, I don't know, maybe like they left their purse or their wallet inside like the office building they work in. Um, of course, because I have the master key and I can go where I please. Um, I can go over there and help them. Um, it's funny because um, we keep all their names in a system, so we run them. We can actually do like a student staff check on them as well, based on their name and date of birth, so we can confirm they're actually students or staff members. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if it's like, oh, ten four is a student. Okay, beep. There you go. Go get your shit. So, on that same track again, what is the strangest pet you've seen someone have on campus? You know, I literally um, a couple months ago, I uh, I saw some people um, on bikes. Uh, bicycling is very popular where I work for some reason, but um, we'll have like large groups of bicyclists. And um, there was one girl, I think I was like doing a foot patrol of one of our blocks and um, I was on the corner and um, a group of bicyclists came by. There was uh, some chick with a, a white cat on her shoulder just riding down the street with a bike. Like, not in, like, a carrier or anything. Like, just chilling on her shoulder. And I'm a big cat man. Like, I love my cats, dude. Um, I said, oh, my gosh, is that a kitty cat on your shoulder? She's like, yeah. I was like, what a cutie pussy. <laughs> but, um. What the fuck? I mean, I like my cats, man. There's some jokes to be made, but I'm I'm going to a mature no, adult. I want to hear them. Well, it's just to say you like pussy, that's all. Oh, I mean, yeah. Kitty. That is not. <laughs> it's not what, what wanted. you wanted. <laughs> that is not what I wanted. Nah, man, I uh, I ball out for my cats, though, man. Um, You did see the picture I sent you of the uh, cat that I rescued, didn't you? I did. Meow. <laughs> meow. Uh, sorry about that. All right, meow. Yeah, I I actually do have some bad news about that though. Oh no, what happened to the kitty? So my roommate came home from work late one night and the cat got out and I haven't found him. Oh man, do I need to fucking play Dust in the Wind again? <sighs> you might as well go for it. All right. All right, this is for you, Carl. I close my eyes. Only for a moment, and the moment's gone. Oh. All right. You're my boy, my boy, Carl. I uh, I think that could be the name of the podcast is Dust in the Wind. That could be. Actually. And, and, and Burpee. Burpee, well, that's a that's a one, too. Maybe even uh, Carl after Carl. Uh, we can name it after Carl if you really want to, though. We'll see. We'll see who we're going to name it after. Uh, there was a and silver lining, be, though. It could be. Oh, what's the silver lining? Another cat just showed up on my doorstep one day. Maybe it's the ghost of Carl. It might be. Um, little 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 six month old female. You really like your kitties. I do. <laughs> oh, okay. Damn, that was fucking loud. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next question I have for you, which is probably I have to go back to another soundboard because because of what I'm about to ask. Oh, boy. Somebody wants to know, do you see boobies on tailgate weekends? I assume there's not tailgate weekends where you are a cop. 
As far as sea of boobies, though, it's usually people suffering mental health issues. Oh, uh, those are not ones you want to see. No. I think, uh... Yeah, you don't want to see those. <laughs> nah, we literally, um... We have, like, a uh, property close to the jail, and, um... One, one, one uh... Mature lady got, um... Released from the jail on bond, and, um... She started, uh... I don't remember exactly what she did. Like she messed with like a uh, a lock over on one of our properties, and uh, the plant uh, employees called us, and we stopped and we talked to her. And she was very nice, but she, every time a car went by, she kept flashing her boobs. No. Yeah, and then uh, roll them back... up. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, she ended up going in handcuffs after that mm. when she started eating the rocks. That'll happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, rocks are a little taste. Rocks are pretty tasty. The last question I have from Instagram before we get into my wild and crazy questions. How much do you hate the younger generation now? But you are the younger generation. Mm-hmm. But, do you hate yourself and them? So here's the thing, though. Um, technically, I'm a millennial, and I just beat it by a year. Did you really? Okay, I would have put you as Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Nope. I. Uh, but we do have Gen Z cops now. So Wait, are you sure you're not Gen Z? And look it up. Oh man, just beat it. Good for you. All right, mm-hmm. you just did it. Yeah, but um, so it's funny. Um, so we had like my academy, um, one more academy that like all the people applied before COVID. Then COVID hit, so they went through the academy during COVID. They turned out a pretty good academy. Um, but the academy after that was kind of like the decline, and people wanted to be a cop. So we only, so I shit you not, bro. Um, we only had uh, one, two, three. We only had five people in that academy. How many were you supposed to have? Uh, I don't know that answer, to be honest with you. But well, then what dro- am I supposed to compare? I don't know how to compare <laughs> it then. So the, la- the academy before that one was probably more than 10. Okay. And is that just for your department? It's the norm. Um, I think my academy was like 18 or something like that. I'm sorry, I meant like for your for the your particular department, or is that like a regional academy for several departments? Oh, we have our own academy, man. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are so, you guys going through that many people though? Because I mean, you said you guys are about ninety people. I that's crazy. You'd have so it's it's funny. Um, like I I, lo- I love where I work, man. It's just kind of like um, I understand why people leave. So we're the highest like paid agency and um in my region of the state starting. And um, I'm not going to lie, man, we make a lot of money compared to most cops around the country. And uh, at least compared to like, if you like want to take living expenses into account, you know? So the, but, um, do the city cops make less than you? Yep. Wow. I know. Um, we actually have a couple that just transfer over to us too. You know, they're like a smaller agency that I work near. I was very surprised that they made less or they made more than us, and I, I couldn't believe it because they didn't fucking do anything. And I thought about it, and I was like, nah. Well, that's because um, the university, well, I mean, let's be honest, bro. Universities, they make a lot of money from uh, tuition, and they're also state-funded. Taking that taxpayer money. I mean, pretty much. But um, So anyway, back to my point, though. So we ended up having an academy of only five people. One dropped out in the academy because he couldn't handle it. So about four graduated. Um. So two of them were gens were zoomers 
And um, yeah, they I think they only made it like a year, and they just realized like they couldn't they couldn't do it, you know. Um, one of them had like a mental health breakdown in the middle of shift and shit. Um, yeah, the other one, um, she just uh, it's yeah, I'm not gonna get too much into it, but like um, I don't think she because I knew her like before the academy, like I met her as a student, and um, she never like really seemed like the cop type you know she was more like uh she seemed more like the fed kind of girl a fed so she told me she wanted to be a fed i i ran into a lot of people that you know join smaller department or not smaller but join city departments with like oh yeah i'm gonna do three years and then i'm gonna go fed i i mean like i thought of it too but that means that just means i have to go back to school oh Fun fact, um, if you work for the police department at my university, you get free tuition. You don't got to pay shit. Only the $5 fee for when you sign up for classes. That's fucking crazy. I know, and I'm an idiot because I haven't signed up for any classes. Go to school. Be a man. I'll think nah. about it. Yeah, fuck it. Wing it. Be <laughs> a man. All right. Are I, you ready for my dumb questions? Dude, I'm always ready for your dumb questions. Let's fucking do it. All right, let's go. Rookie mistakes. What is the stupidest thing you did as a rookie? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I was a stupid rookie, but I've heard from uh, my uh, coworkers and my senior officers I really have matured over the last couple of years. I had a um, – let me think. Damn, I don't want to embarrass myself too much because this is a pretty bad one. <laughs> We're here um, for it. <laughs> I could have got a DUI easily once, and I just didn't know what – I did. All right. So <laughs> I thought that had me in the first half. I thought like you could have got a DUI like personally. No, 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 in, no. Okay. So. All right. So I'm like, a. have noticed things about myself as I got older. I become a lot more passionate about certain things and my, uh, my judgment overlooks um, certain situations when it comes to different things. Uh, not making excuses. I'm not, but, um, and I didn't get in trouble for it. So what happened was I was on day shift. It was like uh, right before COVID. I'm just driving around. And I see this fucking car like broke down in the middle of the road. And it clearly like has damage done to it. And I wasn't really thinking. And I, I stopped by and I'm like, do you need assistance? And she's like, no, I'm good. I'm waiting on a tow truck right now. I said, okay. So I drive away. And um, in the back of my head, I'm like, something's up with that. I'm going to go back and talk to her, you know? So, you know, I get behind her, throw my uh, lights on. I said, hey, uh, you know, I know you said you have a tow truck on the way, but um, is there a way we can get this car out of the way? It's blocking the roadway. And uh, I really don't want you to judge me too much, PMPM. <laughs> I'm judging. Don't worry. Oh, I hope you're judging, actually. Let me take that back. I want to hear your honest opinion on this. But uh, so I get her to I was like, is there any way you can move the car out of the roadway? She's like, yeah. So I do. Okay. And um, she, like, the car is, like, definitely, like, more than $1,000 worth of damage on the front end. But she's able to, like, move it and shit with a flat tire to the side of the road where there's no cars. And, um, but before she does that, like, I could see, like, um, her wrist is, like, she's, like, having a hard time grabbing a steering wheel with her wrist. I said, are you okay? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. My boyfriend just broke my wrist, like, yesterday. <laughs> and I said, wait, what? But um, I get to the side of the road, and I was like, 
do you want to talk about what happened? And she's like, uh, no. And I was like, it, it's okay. You can talk to me. You know, I'm, I'm a socially awkward guy, but like over the years and shit, I've, I've learned how to talk to people a lot better. But, um, I talked to her and then, um, she tries, as I'm trying to like investigate a little bit more, she gets back in the car and tries to start it. She's unsuccessful at it and then runs away. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck just happened? You know? And then uh, my sergeant comes down. Like I said, we're campus cops. So our sergeants are always, always like um, up in our, our, up in our business. And then my sergeant's like, well, where did she go? And I'm like, she went that way. She's wearing Uggs. And uh, my sergeant goes to go look for her. So like I said, man, I'm a, I'm a very pa compassionate guy and I don't, I look at one thing and I, at least back then, I looked at one thing and didn't think about other circumstances. So my sergeant goes and looks for her. She finds her. She talks to her. Um, she doesn't want to say anything about her boyfriend or whatever, breaking her wrist. And um, I look at the car further and I'm like, wait a minute. There's like a half bottle of wine in the back of the seat. And I'm like, okay, something's going on. So anyway, um, I have a victim. Victim didn't want to say anything. And I'm like, okay, fuck it. You know what? We're just going to get this car out of here. And um, so Sergeant goes to talk to her. She comes back. She's like, yeah, she doesn't want to talk. And my Sergeant says, well, I think she might have been drinking. And I'm like, really? Because I didn't smell anything when I first saw her. But I did notice like the half bottle of wine in the back of the car. Anyway, um, <clears throat> we did a little bit of investigating. And um, my Sergeant was able to like find her information like uh through like one of those law enforcement um website i don't know you ever heard of links uh i think most states have some version of that kind of stuff yeah so it's like that you know you can reverse look up people by phone number or address or some shit but um she finds her and she's like suspended dui related i'm like god fucking damn it dude i just let her get away yeah like fuck like i i'm not gonna lie bro that was probably the biggest fuck up i've ever done yeah shit happens i well, mean that I was it's it's funny like listening to it because like I like I think all of us that have been in law enforcement once you said it was a fuck up we knew exactly what happened when you're like oh I came across this car that was heavily damaged and she was injured and there was booze in the back of her car and I'm like no well I mean like yo it's like <laughs> the moment she said like so like I'm a victim witness officer too so like that stuff like I'm specializing like just talking to like victims of like a crime and yeah. um. My first thought was, this is like, I, I want to figure out exactly what happened and see if I can help. But, you know, at the same time, I'm like, fuck, I really should have fucking noticed that shit. She was probably DUI. Um, it actually gets worse. Do you want to know? Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. Remember when I said we're big brother and we got cameras everywhere? Yeah. I found out what damaged her car. She fucking hit the side of a fucking uh, dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did and you go she, back and charge her for the accident, though? Uh, so it's funny enough. It was like one of those temporary dumpsters by a construction site, and I couldn't find it when I came back the next day. Oh, it's so one, I got okay. moved. But, well, um, and those we, dumpsters are so fucking hardcore, you probably didn't, wouldn't be able to see the damage. Nah, anyway. we saw it on camera. If anything, uh, the, fucking, uh, the fucking car got totaled, though, pretty much. <laughs> I bet she tells the it. story. She tells the story to her friends. Like <laughs> I was driving drunk and this fucking security guard didn't know what he was doing <laughs> and let me go. <laughs> hey, hey, but you know what though? I uh 
Hey, dude, every rookie on earth's been fucking tricked by a criminal. <laughs> it happens, dude. You, I know. You try man, to but... like be you try to be nice to somebody and they fucking take advantage of you. It just it is what it is. It's funny, but you live and learn, right? I mean, I guess that's why city cops think we're annoying because we don't know how to do our jobs. Hey, but you fucking <laughs> check those doors really good, okay? Hey, look, man, you know, I, I have noticed over the years, though, I really have matured as a police officer, and, um, you know, I'm a field trainer now and all that, so, you know, I'm pretty proud of where I'm at. But she's always going to be the one that got away. Yeah, but, you know, I um I talked to my rookies about that, and I was like, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world, you know, just don't, like, really fuck up, you know? And that's the thing is everybody's going to fuck up. Everybody's absolutely gonna misperceive something that happens. It hey, just but, is what it is. Hey, but look though, you know, at the end of the day, just own up to your mistakes, you know, acknowledge yeah, yeah. that. All right. The next question I have, what is something, you know, now, and, and you can apply this towards the police world or you can apply it towards life. But what is something, you know, now that you wish your younger self knew? <sighs> Um, how to do DUIs? <laughs> Fuck you, asshole! <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's funny when I was growing up. Um, my family wasn't very fond of the police, and you know, I I didn't like cops growing up either. But um, you know, as time went on, and uh, you know, I really got to know these guys. Um, I realized there's more to it. Um. I don't know where I'm going to go with that, to be honest. No, I think that's that's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, you know, it, I, it, it's, it, diff- it's no, different when, you, when you're actually in their shoes. So, you know, like I said, I didn't like cops growing up. My, uh, my dad got in a lot of trouble with the law. And, you know, I, I look back and I'm like, uh, well, yeah, my dad probably did deserve to go to jail for that. But uh, <laughs> what's your dad think now? So it's really funny. Um. I'm not as close to my dad as I used to be, but um, I remember when um, I got hired and I went to the police academy and I called him. I said, Dad, guess what your son is? He said, what are you? What? And I was like, I got a job as a police officer. He said, you know what he said to me, man? He said, why? (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. Yeah. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, once you actually like go out and experience it, it's just something people will never understand, you know, um, until they're in your shoes and you can never explain it to someone. The only way they would ever understand is if they're actually like out there doing what you do, you know? Yep. Granted, uh, you know, I understand why people like aren't very fond of cops. I do. Um, there's a lot of fucked up shit going on in the world, but you know, just remember that that's not all of us. And the majority of us really are out here because we want to help you. Good news. Doesn't make the news. Only bad news makes the news. Absolutely. I 100% agree. What is the proudest moment of your career? I, um, <clears throat> so there's two of them. Um, I remember right after COVID hit, um, I got an award. Um, they call it a gold star where I work, but that's like, um, it's not like, uh, it's not focused mainly on the police um, agency, but throughout the whole university, you know, you do something good for your community or whatever. Um, I uh, actually had a nurse that was really nice to me, um, older lady. She's been doing nursing for years and years and years. I had a psych patient. Um, she was 19 years old, but she had the mind of a 12-year-old. 
and um, pretty much her family just dropped her off at the hospital and left her. Ugh. Yeah, and um, so she was frightened and scared. She didn't know what was going on. You know, the doctors asked me to sit with her, and I did. You know, I, I initiated emergency custody order. I sat with her the whole time. You know, I talked to her, got to know her. Um, that de- de-escalated anytime she seemed a little upset. Um, her nurse would come by and check on her, and she was seated. I'm like just talking to her, you know. Um, you know, I, I like I said, we deal with a lot of psych patients. Um, but you know, it's uh, I've actually had some pretty good relationships with psych patients. You know, I, I sit and I talk to them, man. You know, you know. Unless they're like, you know, completely out of there. But, you know, a lot of them are just, just want someone to talk to, man. I sat with her. Um, the nurse came by and she's like, you're doing really good with her. And I was like, just doing what I was trained to do, you know, just uh, hang out, talk to her, de-escalate. She ended up writing a letter to my chief, um, like an email. And um, the next thing I knew, I got a, I was called to come in on my day off to do like a, like, man, this is the beginning of, of uh, COVID. So he called me up into his office and they did a Zoom meeting with like all the higher ups at a university. And um, he presented me an award. And, um, you know, I was wearing my class A uniform and all that. I was like, did I really get an award for this? Like, I do this all the time, you know, just talk to people. So he gave me that. So that's like the first story. That's fucking cool, man. Hold on a second. You deserve your own fucking T Rex. <laughs> all right. Wait, thank story you, man. Two. I appreciate that. So story two, um, this was actually kind of recent. Uh, I won't try to give up too much away um, because it's kind of recent. I had a case with a student who was out of state. Um, he was back home visiting his parents, and there was a guy from our city that was stalking him. Um, he followed him all the way up to the state, and um, the kid's father called me. He was really worried because this guy like got a hotel and some shit and um, threatened to kill his whole family. And um, so, you know, I can't really do too much unless the crime actually happens in my jurisdiction. But I was able to go the route where I'm like, okay, well, what can we do to the university? Well, we got this guy banned from all properties. Um, I was able to convince the student and his father to go to the magistrate's office and get a protective order on him out of that state where they were at. And um, eventually they got it. Um, This case was gone going for like two weeks. Uh, I was able to help coordinate getting um, all the stuff back. Um, they were in a relationship. Um, but um, eventually it all worked out. And um, dad actually told me he is uh, retired. Like, I don't know if he's retired, but um, he told me he was like a federal fed. He was like a federal agent. He didn't tell me where, but um, I remember getting an email from a detective because uh, we have like a victim witness coordinator as well, who doubles as a detective and specializes these cases. So if I wasn't there, she was there. And um, mm-hmm. she sent me an email before I came into work. And um, she's like, hey, um, so-and-so's father left you something for you to have. I was like, okay. I, I was, I'm not entirely sure like if that was allowed or not. I don't think anyone really cares. But I, she's like, yeah, it, it's, um, it's on my desk in my office. Just um, come get it when you come into work. So I went in there, and um, I see this little box with my name on it with a uh, sticker on a box. And uh, I pick it up, and I open it. It's a fucking uh, coffee mug with Secret Service on it. Oh, that's fucking cool, man. Yeah, man. I was like, oh, shit. I was. I felt pretty good about myself. You know, um, I feel like I really helped uh, this guy out, this kid out, you know? 
Absolutely. Who says that you guys are just security guards? Who would say that? Well, you know, one of our thing, one of our mottos is relentless follow up. You know, um, we're not just going to take a report and then never call our caller back. Um, that one thing I really like is they allow us to uh, look more into our own investigations and assist our investigations divisions of stuff. And they're like, hey, you know, um, do you want to handle this case? And I'll be like, yeah, just give me the tools to do it, man. I'm on it. Nice, man. Mm-hmm. It's just as long as they're not drunk, right? <laughs> Sorry, man. Low You're gonna fucking fruit. get on me about that the rest of this fucking interview, bro. Uh we'll see. Would you want your kid to be a cop? So I'm only 26, man. I don't got no kids, and I don't even know if I want any. Um, I guess it depends. To be honest with you, that's a tough question because I don't got kids. But if I ever did have kids in the future, they would really have to show that they're passionate about it. Um, like I said, there's not a really good answer for that one, to be honest. No, I appreciate that. I mean, I appreciate the honesty. All right. Oh. So you mentioned that where you shit is haunted. Do you have any good ghost or extraterrestrial stories? So... I did have a weird experience. You could probably like just sum up the superstition, but um, I don't know how long you want to do this podcast for, but um, I could tell you like the whole backstory behind this one property we have. Uh, not the whole one, but a quick summary, yeah, if you don't a quick mind. Summary, yeah. As long as you're not gonna like take this into like two hours. So we had a we have um we have a whole street with just our properties, a couple of uh, private properties that people live in. And uh, but most of the properties are owned by us, so um, we have um, we call them row houses. Um, they used to be like owned privately, like way, 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 way back in the day. But you know, of course, the university bought them all up because you know we got all that money. But um, <clears throat> there was one house that was owned by a family, a very rich family, and uh, they never gave it up until like I want to say like the nineteen nineties or early two thousands. But um, it has a history of people just fucking dying in there. I think the last person that had that property was an older lady. And um, I remember my sergeant telling me he was a sergeant in like the early 2000s. And um, the last person who like privately owned that house actually died while having breakfast in the kitchen. Like a heart attack. She was an older lady. So that happened but um before that there was like a bunch of other fucking stories um it was a very famous family that lived in my city um apparently um like in the 1800s uh someone like tortured and murdered like two people in like the basement or some shit and uh fucking killed them yeah yeah i know right um like I said, man, um, I can find you all these articles and show you when we're done with this. But um, so that I actually um, a couple weeks ago, I actually went looking around. I had a ride along with me and um, we went down to the basement to look for this room where it happened. And we did find it. But it's they really the university really does not want anyone going to that room. So I don't have access to it. It's not like a key card or anything like that. It's a manual lock. I do not have any keys to get into it. They don't want and anyone this was going the to that same, room. This was the same room that so, the same house somebody just was living in. Correct. Okay. Um, like I said, it's a family with a lot of history in the city I work in. Okay. So 
they don't want anyone going in that room. And I'm like, fuck, God damn it. I really want to go in there. So, <laughs> but um, anyway, in the early 2000s, um, they posted an article online about a um, campus police officer who actually um, went in there um, and thought they heard someone. So they ended up calling another officer and they cleared the whole building and couldn't find anyone. The um, I heard from other sources, though, that this officer was also taking a poop in there. Well, of course, they didn't <laughs> mention that in the article. <laughs> so anyway, um, flash uh, fast forward to 2022. Um, yeah, 2022. So I'm just walking around my ride along and um, I fucking um, I'm just walking around the building. You know, I'm showing them all these properties like, yeah, man, you know, it's kind of cool. You know, we got access to all these buildings. Um we went and got some pizza. We hung out in the kitchen of this building eight. And then um, we walked around a little bit. I wanted to show them around. And um, all of a sudden we heard a walking like coming down from downstairs and we were like on the third floor. So like, okay, something weird's going on. I was tempted to call my backing unit, but um, I was like, you know what though? It, it's an older house. It was built like the 1800s. It's probably just, it's selling. I'm walking down the stairs and um at the corner of my eye, I see like a fucking like a. I don't want to say apparition. I want to say like a like a white cloth, like a white cloth just went by my fucking corner of my eye towards the door to the basement. Now I'm spooked. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and what I saw at the bottom of the stairs, like on the. Uh, the railing of the stairs was like a flannel. Um, I know they've been like renovating the building and shit, like with contractors and stuff. So I'm like, okay, maybe there's someone down here like working late, you know? We go into the basement and um, I tell him, I was like, hey man, just uh, just stay, just stick close to me, you know? Um, <clears throat> I go down, I look at every room, I got my flashlight out, nothing. The only fucking room I couldn't figure out was the one with the uh, all the padlocks on it where um, the supposed uh, serial murder happened. And um, I looked at him and I said, bro, I'm not tripping, am I? He said, no, dude, I heard it too. And, uh, you know, it, it freaked us out a little bit, man. And um, I remember because um, uh, I remember like uh, one of the officers keyed up and said, uh, does this unit need a backing unit? And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. But, um, you know, I almost did call him, bro. I was scared shitless. <laughs> I, I hope that uh, lived up to your haunted stories answer. No, but, that's, um, that's, a, that's a pretty good one. I mean, yeah, but you know, for real, though, it really could have just been uh, just my mind getting the best of me. Or the serial murder out to get you. No, man, Either but let one. me know. Let me know if you want me to send you that link, though. Yeah, I'd be interested. So the next question Good sir, in your humble opinion, what is the best patrol car of all time? The Crown Vic, bro. What a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. I, for... <laughs> nah, I, I get mad when people don't answer it, but I act like I'm not, and I'm just sitting here all cool, but I, I get mad when people Look. are like, well, you know... You know, Look. sometimes the, the explorer is okay, and sometimes the truck. No, fuck off. It's a Crown Vic, motherfucker. Look, man, when you work for a smaller department with older cars and shit, you know, um, you're either on Footman or uh, they decide to give you the Vic because they hate you. I don't want to. No, wait. wait. 
hold on. I think you might have played that a little bit too early. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, man. I like the Vic though. Um, every time I gotta get, like I said, I can't run code, but I can get there with a purpose, right? Vic has never let me down, man. All right. Now the moment we've all been waiting for. No one gives a shit about anything we've just talked about. They give a shit about shit. Good sir, have you ever shit your pants? Yes. Do you have a good story for us? I do, and it actually is law enforcement related. Yes. Okay, but it, it was but it was when I worked corrections. Doesn't matter. Still counts. Okay. So uh... My normal routine, I would uh, I worked nights at the time, worked 12 hours, 6 to 6. Um, I got up, um, you know, I did my daily routine. You know, I had some cereal, um, had me uh, a cup of coffee or two. Um, got in my car. <laughs> um, I lived about, I remember, I got an apartment, my first apartment actually, a little bit closer to uh, the prison I worked at, just so my commute would be a little bit quicker. And um, I was in full uniform, too. You know, um, I wasn't really secretive about it. You know, I'd wear my uniform when I got out. I didn't have a gun belt or anything. Um, and, you know, I just threw that shit in the back of my car. But um, I got in my full uniform, got my car. Um, I think I just hit the highway. And then I got the uh, this, the bubbles, the stomach bubbles, the grumbles. <laughs> so, um. I was like, ah, you know, I can wait till I get there, you know. So when you work at a prison or like any kind of jail, uh, you have to go through security. Um, they got to search you and all that every damn time. Um, I'm about halfway to work. And um, there's only like, I was like, oh, fuck. I can't hold it. I was like, this shit's. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> So, keep in mind, I'm in full uniform. I find this Shell gas station. And um, it's like the only one for like the next 10 miles. And at this point, um, just me sitting down in the car is the only thing holding it in. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> I told you, it's a pretty good one. So, I'm in full uniform. I said, fuck it. I can't make it. I pulled over. Um, it's it's like a shell on the outskirts of like the sticks. And um, it's like a German restaurant combo too, which makes no sense. God damn it. Just thinking about this fucking makes me like a fucking laugh. <laughs> but I was also like um, in the gym going to like boxing classes and shit. Thank God. But we'll bring that up later. So I get out of my car. And it just fucking comes out, dude. Like, just me sitting down was the only thing keeping it in. So, I'm fucking in full-ass uniform. Have my ass, like, right between... Have my hand right between my butt cheeks. Like, trying to hold this shit in so it doesn't get worse. And I'm speed like a, walking. Like a plug. Yeah, so, like, I'm speed walking into the gas station. Just fucking praying there's a bathroom. I get in the bathroom. I'm in there for like 20 minutes, bro. It got over. It got all my underwear and shit too. <laughs> I was like, "God damn it!" All right, I guess I'm going commando. 
I took the underwear off, bro. It's on my fucking pants. Oh, no. Yeah, so it's on my pants now, too. I threw my drawers uh, in a trash can. And, um, you know, I waited for no everybody to exit the bathroom and grab, like, a paper towel or some shit with water and just try to scrub it out as best I can. Um, and I realized, like, this fucking stain isn't coming out of my goddamn BDUs. <laughs> <laughs> and I can still fucking smell it, too, bro. It's bad. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, cool. I thought I was going to be late for work, but I, I made there at a decent time. All my watch commanders were there, like all my lieutenants and captains. Um, before I even go through like the security checkpoint, I um, I go into the bathroom, like the visitor's bathroom, you know, when people come to visit their uh, loved ones at the prison. And I try to rub it out some more. And thankfully, um, when I left the gas station, um, I did find an older pair of boxers that I uh, left in my uh, gym bag, which was nice. So I wore those. That helps, yeah. It does, it does. So I wore those. Um, here's the thing, though. I wasn't completely done. Like, there was still shit, like, coming out of my ass, like, when I had those wet farts and shit. <laughs> so I was able to get this. <laughs> please please tell me so far this is one of the best poop stories you've ever heard. It's pretty good, yeah. Okay, yeah. So now it's on my new boxers. Thankfully, I was no. able to get that. It, it, hold on, hold on. I was able to get that stain out because it was pretty fresh. So I'm in the visitor's bathroom. I'm fucking scrubbing my BDUs and all that shit. I'm like, fuck, god damn it, it's not coming out. When I go through the security checkpoint, so um, by policy, it was always a female. Oh. And um, when they shake you down, or I'm sorry, they search, well, they frisk you. Uh, we used to call it shakedown. They would, um, they would be very, very thorough about it. Like their face would be in your ass thorough. And I was like, the back of my head, I'm like, holy shit, I oh. hope she does not smell my ass. <laughs> Dude, that is fucking... Hey, but look, man, I, I to this day, I don't know if she smelled it or not, but, uh, um, you know, I uh, I pretty much uh, I, I got through that shift, though. All right. I, that was my question with that one. You're actively shitting your pants. For like an extended time period, did you think like, you know what? Maybe I should just go home today. I'm not feeling well. See, I'm that. I try not to be that guy, to be honest. I I only call. But you're shitting your pants. Um, That's the time to go home. Okay, yeah, but I can find my ways. I gotta protect and serve, bro. Dude, go home. If you got the fucking stomach flu, it wasn't the stomach flu. It was just coffee. Coffee doesn't make you shit your pants like that. Uh, I don't know, bro. I'm kind of a lightweight when it comes to caffeine. All right. That's... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know what you're saying, though. But, like, um, I really do try not to be that guy unless I'm, like, really sick or some shit. Like, I'll call out. But I try to be there for uh, – I try to be there to serve my community, you know? Look at you. Like, I'm well, not going to call no, out but... over dumb shit. I – I gotta say, man, if uh, if I was in your shoes in that experience when I was at the gas station, I'm calling, being like, "Hey, I am not feeling well today. I'm very, very sorry, and I'm gonna go home and take a shower and cry." I guess I'm just the alpha male of this uh, chat, huh? 
At least I know a drunk when I see one. <laughs> yeah, I got you got me on that one. Well, on that note, do you have any words of wisdom for the millions of listeners? I do. So anyone who is a law enforcement officer, just remember, um, if you don't like it, it's not for everybody. Uh, mental health is very important. Um, you know, be there with your family. They're important to you as well. If you have a good relation with your family. Um, but don't let this job take over your entire life. You know, just focus on yourself. You know, um, like I said, mental health is very important. Uh, you know, if you realize it's not for you, it's not for you. And nobody will ever get you on that. Enjoy your life. Uh, personally, I would say get out and travel more. Um, I've traveled most of the U.S. I've been to Europe. Absolutely loved it. If you're still young and in your 20s, get out there. Go explore. Well fucking said, man. Well done. Hey, I tried, though. I, well, I, try, I tried. You guys know what to do. Take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast, because without them, I wouldn't be able to do this. And if you want to help out on your own, consider being a monthly donor to the podcast. There's a link on the end of every single podcast. Click that, and uh, you can donate some money to keep this thing going. Or... Buy yourself some nice, nice merch. I've got the t-shirts and mugs in my spring store. Or go over to Ghost Patch and get all the cool uh, PMPM coins and patches and all that stuff. So, with that said, remember, if you roll up on a car and it's damaged and there's alcohol in the back, it may be a DUI. <laughs> with that said, remember. You're a dick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love most of you. Bye-bye.